Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hi, Tom here. Before we get into the classic Smackdown review, the last one of 2022, just a little heads up. We normally record these for video purposes. However, uh, the video file corrupted when we came to export it. So sadly, if you are a Patreon, I'm so sorry. There's no video version of this Smackdown review, which is a shame because I get a wonderful hug off Matthew Gregg about 20 minutes in. I won't tell you why, you'll find out in a minute. But normal service with video versions of the podcast will resume. You have a very special Christmas video podcast along with the audio one. I'll say no more about that. But uh, enjoy the audio version of the Classic Smackdown Review. It's still good fun. And thank you once again for your constant support in 2022. Couldn't do this utter nonsense without you. Come on to the rock show. Come on to the people's show. Come on to the premiere show. Smackdown. It's the fourth of the... Fourth of September. You can, Actually, you really can, hard to say. You can do it. You can do it. I won't even interrupt you. It is you. the fourth of September in the year of our law, 2001. Granville Fetcher Cloth Odyssey. What? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even get that. Granville Fetcher Cloth. Because you stumbled over your words like Arkwright in Open All Hours. And there's a bit in Open All Hours where he goes, Granville Fetcher Cloth. Open All Hours. Is that not our era? <laughs> Clenches. It's the 4th of September, 1977. Ah, Matthew clenched his fists like Arthur (laughs) in that very moment. Uh, Slipknot Iowa is the number one album in the UK. Which was also, uh, it was written in the UK because it was to do with somebody owing their mum some money. Iowa's the second studio album by American heavy metal band Slipknot. The title derives from the band's home state, Iowa, which some members have stated is one of their greatest sources of inspiration. Bloody hell. Uh, Their relationship with each other suffered, and this was later described as the darkest time of their career. Uh, It was a major success. Uh, Due to its release, members promised a much darker and heavier album uh, than the previous self-titled album. Uh, Percussionist Sean Crochan recalled when we did Iowa we hated each other we hated the world the world hated us the band made a special appearance in the film Rollerball in which they performed I Am Hated <laughs> Shane McMahon also made a special appearance in this film who is he hated he is hated <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry I stumbled over your joke there got there at the end <laughs> Tom had time to fix the lights and come back <laughs> I did that. actually if you want to what happened on the on the Patreon video uh, the number one film in the UK is A Knight's Tale 
Peters and one American medieval a uh, adventure comedy, easy for me to say, written, co-produced, and produced by Bri Brian Held, whatever, some guy. Uh, it's, its 14th century story is intentionally anachronistic. Yeah, he actually did a good job of that one. Well done, mate. With many modern pop culture references and a soundtrack featuring 1970s music. Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four and argued that the anachronisms, yay, made little difference. Writing that the director himself point out that an orchestral score would be equally anachronistic since orchestras hadn't been invented in the 1400s. I really liked it, like how mm. how it how he had that weird music type with like the knights of the of the olden days and stuff. I thought it was a really lovely mashup. A good film as well. Yeah, I know I've seen it, but there's been a period of films when, especially in the 90s and early 80s, where it would be like, wait, who's this? Oh, that's the Black Knight. And he'd come along and then instantly you'd hear, takes off his night helmet. So it's like David Bowie or Queen for a change. Um, Newsweek revealed in June 2001 this is the only thing I know about the film because I've not actually seen it that print ads contained glowing comments from a film reviewer who did not exist for at least four films released by Columbia Pictures with A Night's Tale being one of them uh, one of the ones was The Animal really? <laughs> Rob so, Schneider is so what they, <laughs> they made up yeah, Norton showing up um, yeah they made up a film reviewer and he said like fantastic Oh, see, I thought they got around it by like, they would have like the word fantastic dot, dot, dot. And then the next, like the, the Daily Mirror. And then you'd read the review and say, it'd be fantastic if this film never right, came right. out. Fantastic. Waste of money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, fake, uh, the fake critic was named David Manning and was created by a Columbia employee who worked in the advertising department. Manning was fraudulently presented as a reviewer for the Ridgefield Press, a small <laughs> Connecticut weekly. <laughs> Considering nowadays they'll use any, like, any blood, uh, you right? I'm just adjusting the oh, no, levels. A, any lads. I realised that mine was loud and yours was quiet and it oh. should be the other way around at all times. Uh, any lads tweet that says it's something positive they'll use in a game, like, film, like, da -da -da -da, five stars, some blood on Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, Northern Ireland air stewardess Ellie Barr wins the final edition of ITV One's This Is My Moment in a 1,000... No, 135,000 prize. You can tell I've had my coffee yet. After impressing viewers with her rendition of Ralph McTell's Streets of London, the sequel to Streets of Rage. Uh, do you remember? <laughs> it's, the, yeah. it's the GTA London of, <laughs> of Streets of Rage. You got a large and flat combo, mate. Anyway, uh, do you remember <laughs> This Is My Moment? I have no idea what that no, was. No, I was trying to rack my brain then. Was it sort of like, I, I can imagine it must have been sort of off the reality show talent context boom that brought, was brought about by pop stars. Sounds about right, doesn't and it? And as they were trying different formats to kind of make it their own, and you'd have X Factor for a thousand years, but I guess this is my moment, yeah. was a forerunner, yeah. a precursor. Precursor. This is something I don't know anything about. Dot uh, TV, formerly the computer channel on Sky, closes down due to low ratings. Now, there was a little description oh. on Wikipedia of all the different shows they had. They were called Buyer's Guide, Chips With Everything, Ex Machina, Game Over, Originally Games World, but I'm not entirely sure if it's that one. But the one that took my eye was Games Republic, a question-based video game quiz show presented by Trevor and Simon. 
The show was criticized by contestants for the lack of research into its questions. <laughs> contestants often questioned the presenters on air regarding answers which are in fact correct, but were still given as false. Oh, wow. I remember. I do remember Trevor and Simon doing a show. I don't remember how factually accurate it was, because I do remember .TV. Don't remember any of this. They used to pad out time by having just like long bits of video game footage to like Euro pop soundtracks and stuff. No, that was the Game Network. Oh, was it? Yes. Oh. Easy to get the two mixed up. Well, I stand corrected. Why not? You sat down. In my orthopedic shoes. Oh. Uh. Twiggy Lawson and Colin Nolan make their debut as replacements for Richard Medley. Madeley. I don't figure out how to say his name. Richard Madeley. Everyone's I've always gone Richard real Mary. life Alan Partridge, Richard Madeley. Richard Mary. and Judy Finnegan. There you go. As presenters of this morning. <laughs> Overnight viewing figures published the following day suggest that the show had an audience of one million. I'm not sure if that's good or bad for that show, isn't it? Low or? I mean, I think one million is pretty good. Uh. Anyway, uh, so Twiggy and Colleen, they knew people there. So NXT, the fact, the, NXT. The fact that we don't remember Twiggy and Colleen suggests that maybe one million was bad. Well, Richard and Judy were sort of national treasures throughout the, the, late, the mid to late 90s. This morning with Richard and Judy was, was a big daytime TV yeah. show. And it was just this married couple that would review books and talk. It, it, it still exists in form. It's called This Morning now in the UK. Yeah. It's hosted by Philip Schofield. Known cue jumpers, Philip Schofield and Holly Willoughby. Um, but the man who got battered by uh, Carter, the, the sex... Machine? <laughs> yes, it. Card of the Unstoppable Sex Machine. <laughs> Philip Schofield at, did. At the Smash Music Awards on TV. Carter. Oh, you not, have you not seen this? I just assumed you'd know this. It just so sounds Carter, like you're saying a series of words at this point, but I'm very intrigued. Smash Hits had this, like... The Smash Hits Awards. TV, yeah, yeah, whatever. So Carter, the Unstoppable Sex Machine, were playing the good... The goodbye, Ruby, dear. And then, like, the music started fading out, and I was like... The, yeah, all right, time, time to wrap it up, lads. And so they started smashing their stuff on stage because, yeah, they're cool. The camera panned away and there's Philip presenting there dressed as a knight. <laughs> uh, and he's just there like, wow, that was crazy. Never seen that before. Just take the piss out of them. <laughs> and he's like going, well, on to our next. <laughs> the guy just took him out like Rhino took like, Wow. Uh, okay, there's, there's some YouTube a, homework like, for you. Yeah, anyway. It's got nothing to do with what we're talking about, but IT Bond debuts Soap Stars, the broadcaster's latest reality series. Soap Stars? It sees members of the public auditioning to become one of five new characters in Emmerdale. <laughs> I was a diehard Emmerdale fan back in this time. I have no idea what that was talking I about. I don't remember Soap Stars, oh. but I, I love the concepts. Okay. Adult Swim uh, debuts on its turn assisted cable channel Cartoon Network in oh. America. It's just a programming block. And it's still kind of around today. Oh, yeah, it is. And, and, and you know, it's. I think to watch it here in the UK, I think it's. I think you have to get it via Channel Four, on demand, whatever they oh. call it. Now I think for, it's called Four on Demand currently, or More Four. Everything's been rebranded as Channel Four next year. Everything's just been called Channel Four uh, to strengthen the brand. Uh, but if you have Channel Four, the streaming service, Adult Swim stuff is on there. Oh. As I discovered only a few months ago, I went, oh bloody hell, there's like. Rick and Morty and Papa made, Mama made a sheriff. I'm like, these are great. I, I have to always find a weird way to pirate these, don't pirate. But now I can watch them legally via Channel 4. Get it? Mm. 
and Shenmue 2, a game you should not even consider pirating. <laughs> Some of Shenmue 2 was developed alongside the original Shenmue, which was the most expensive video game ever developed at the time. Enhanced port was released for the Xbox in 2002. The Dreamcast version was not released in North America, where Microsoft secured console exclusivity. Shenmue 2 received positive reviews for its story and scale, although reviews of the port were less positive, with critics finding its graphics lacking compared to other Xbox games. It has appeared inexplicably in several lists of the greatest games of all time. Oh. Shenmue is shit. Oh. Shenmue was never good. It's what a, a shame. pile of wank. It's a shame, isn't it, Mum? Shenmue 3's bad. <laughs> and also... <laughs> To finish off the brilliant news section, as I got reminded last week, then forgot, then got politely reminded this week again. Mr. Manus on Twitch would like me to point out that I mixed up Matt Perry and Matt LeBlanc a few weeks ago, and Tom didn't notice or just thought I was on one. I mean, I now I love the fact that people pay that much attention. Thank you. I noticed that it didn't... You know when something kind of... You know when a square peg tries to go in a round hole, and you go... <clears throat> Going it's my in. life. But then, but then, as you were saying it, I was like, I can't think of the guy that you mean. So uh, I'm just gonna nod because that it might be I might be misremembering it. Because I was thinking, I'm sure it was not Matt LeBlanc. But hey, there you go. It, we, when we talked last week about friends, we meant Matthew Perry, not Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, in fairness, it's only called Matt LeBlanc when he comes back to life. If only he's Matt LeGray. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the one that electrocutes you called Matt LeBlanc. Oh. <laughs> Anymore. What a way to start as we go on. All that was happening. Isn't it funny how quick land. people are to correct you, but they're very slow to praise you in life in general? I'll take that. Yeah. That's very... what I deserve. Yeah. Sometimes, Watchamania Mafu. Sometimes I leave a little mistake in just to see who's paying attention. Because <laughs> you'll be amazed at how quick they'll go, actually, you'll find. I've used that excuse before. Yeah. <laughs> the actually, you'll find brigade. Yeah. He's, Ma he's only Matt LeBlanc. The American releases, he originally, <laughs> Matt LaVega. I think you're fine. <laughs> you funny butter. You are listening to the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown Review, listening to the dulcet tones of Matthew, who is waking up. Honestly, these words will be pronounced correctly very soon once he's had his little coffee. And Mr. Tom Campbell, the bollock master himself. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. What's very new? happy to be in here. Uh, I've only seen you. Last night. So well, it's now, yes, nothing. it is. It's a Actually, a lot's happened in the world of wrestling. Which sounds... Loads happened in the world of wrestling. Oh, so, right. so technically, we saw each other yesterday. We did. Because yesterday, we recorded the Cultaholic Classic Review Christmas Special. Yeah, so it was pre-recorded. So if Christmas is cancelled, we do apologise. And we're not sorry. So we recorded that yesterday. No spoilers as to what it'll be and when it'll be. I'm sure if you've got your head screwed on, you'll have an idea when it'll pop up on your feed. Uh, Maybe but... that's what the next year will be. Kane saves Christmas. It's like Kane, and it's just it's just Kane going, well, Fooster, or whatever. The Kane voice seems to change every week. I do apologize. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to stop calling it Christmas just not to offend people. Who are you talking about, Kane? The people who are offended by <laughs> who? We do this every year. So who? What, so what you're suggesting is for the Christmas special next year, it should be cool Kane calling into LBC. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to go crunk. They can't call them mince pies anymore. They can, Kane. No one said they can't. And, and I'm not wearing a poppy. Fuck off, Kane. I need a vice growing concrete. <<laughs> you can grow concrete, you prick. Oh, America, they're in milkshakes. 
Uh, that was Talk Radio that did that, not LBC. I can't put that on the doorstep of that piece of uh, awful whatever. radio gobshite on the de- on the door for, on the doorstep of LBC, uh, which which in comparison is, is a far superior brand. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we recorded that yesterday. So nothing much has happened since yesterday. Since the last story. No, I fell on the ice. Oh no, that's the update. It's really cold in the UK this week. So we're all falling over. Shattering news, breaking news. But it's especially cold, because I don't normally feel the cold, but it's especially cold. Oh, I know what is new, other than it being cold, and it's an interesting talk, but uh, I blocked Lord Sugar on Twitter. Oh, did you? Well done. (laughs) What What, a fucking arsehole. What what was the the straw that broke the camel's back Well, it's one of the many, it's just a crazy scene, there's a strikes going on in the UK, along with the bad weather, and it's just seeing all the rich bastards that you don't like going, ooh, it's bad this, isn't it? Mm. Hey. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, you think it's bad? Wowzers. That's how angry he is. That's how mad I got. The, the, the burp came out. I burped on my screen and went, ha, ah, do you like that, Lord Sugar? Then I blocked him. Was he very much like, oh, we shouldn't have strikes. This is rubbish. People get yeah. some, go do some work. Go yeah. get some work. I hate, I hate I it. I kept him around on Twitter just to see Ian Wright rinse him. But now <laughs> I'm like, ah, well, thought he didn't come home, so fuck it. On the day this podcast goes out, uh, Alex and I are making a trip down south. Uh, because for months we've had uh, a Christmas with my family booked in for the weekend before Christmas. And obviously they advise you, because of train strikes in the UK, to not travel unless absolutely necessary. I'll be buggered if I ain't seen my family before Christmas. I was going to say that's one well, necessary. It's the Christmas period. Yeah. So people are all going to look at it like so that. So we, like, and... We were going to take our cat. We we're going to take Pablo with us because it'd be nice for the for my niece's nephews to hang out with Pablo for a bit, and Pablo enjoys it. But we realised that the train journey, because of the strikes, which are exactly on the day that we're travelling, is going to be such a fuck on, and it could go a hundred different ways. We didn't want to stress our boy out, so we've made alternative arrangements for the boy to be looked after this week, and he will be looked after. He'll be fine, uh, rather than dragging him on a train mm. here and there for the weekend. I thought it's fair that we leave him somewhere comfy. So, but and that's happening because the strikes are on. At no point do I intend to take out the frustration on the poor buggers that are working through the strikes. It is not the fault of the ticket collector. It is not the fault of the train conductor. Right. There are bigger things afoot that they are fighting for. So, I, I, I you know, if I see anybody giving any sort of lip to anybody to, to train staff on Saturday, I might just knock them out. Honestly, <laughs> not like, the person, not the train staff, but the person giving the lip. <laughs> I might I'll do. strike you. I'll strike. Yeah, I'll give them a fucking strike. Like there's a, there's that part of me as well. That's I'm mean, maybe not physically fighting because look at the state of us. I'm held together with pipe cleaners. But that state that I'm ready to start yelling and making a scene mm. if I hear or see anybody. It's it isn't it is a frustration. You know, trains aren't as fluid as they. I mean, they're. Oh, <laughs> of course, yes. The transport system's normally so perfect. Oh. You know, once you go to Germany and they they apologize and the train's a minute late, you're like, <laughs> oh, that's that's how it should be. Oh. You know, we're not getting posters often. That's frustrating, especially when you order stuff for Christmas. I get it. We then have to rely on companies like Every who just steal oh. your posts. <laughs> I've got a relative of mine who um, was asking if there was any seasonal work with the Royal Mail because um, some people who work there, and I said, yeah, yeah, this, 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 and he explained that. But he talked about the process would be this. They have to do background checks, and so it can be up to two weeks. And he said he rung up every, and they said, do you have a car? And he went, yeah. And he went, well. Start Monday. Yeah, he's out oh, tomorrow. Fuck. So there's surprises. There's surprises at all. So I mean, I, I, okay, obviously I'm very, I, I don't want to get into any legal trouble with every. But allegedly. What, allegedly. But what I'm, but what I'm saying is, 
is that if your public relations are so bad that instead of looking deeper into the problem and fixing them, you change the name of your company. Ah, oh, is that why? They used to be Hermes. Yeah, I remember. Like, and they were shit. Yeah. But their, their problems were so deep that they just oh, went, we're just going to rebrand. That's like, that's like, oh, my car's broken. I've painted it green. We're now Hermes uh, Atari. <laughs> So yeah, so yeah. Um, I, I, no, you you keep Christmas however you want. You do whatever you want. Personally, like I'm taking an awful train journey, and I'm waiting on posts that probably won't arrive in time for Christmas. But I fully support the strikes that are taking place as Absolutely. they should. You're listening to the Coldholic Soapbox Review. It is uh, a bit in it, mate. You know what? We should move on to wrestling. We please. should move on to wrestling. But before we move on to wrestling news, no, 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 a little something for you. The mailbag. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Well done for remembering. Hey. And the mailbag today's first mailbag is from Matthew Gregg. I'd like to wish Matthew Gregg a very Merry Christmas. Oh, with a little no. present from me. Oh, there's a card as well. We'll do the card in a minute. No, little... no, no, card first. No, no, no. It's got, no. On this occasion, it's got to be present oh, first. Mate, it's got to be pre- present first. Go to prison for this. <laughs> a little present from Matthew oh. Gregg. If you're watching the page and you can see us opening it oh, now, bless. So. Well, you, you know, you, you're always good to me with presents and stuff, and I'm always a bit forgetful. So this one, this comes from the heart of my bottom. A little gift just for you from me. <laughs> it is, of course, a Game Boy Color classic. <laughs> Fuck Shenmue 2, it's Snoopy Tennis. Snoopy Tennis! You have your own copy oh. of Snoopy Tennis. Thank you, my pumpkin-y wumpkin-y. Can I, can, uh, I, can I give you an even funnier element to this story? Do you have a Game Boy with you? I don't have a Game Boy with uh. you, but we'll sort you one. Uh, I had an email from Stephen Norrie. Now, Stephen Norrie is an active listener to the podcast. Hello, Stephen. And he said, um, Triple Jump have just done their tat appeal. You'll watch oh. very, very soon. Yes. And they said, something is coming for you guys via the tat appeal. So please pass it on. Stephen, your gift did arrive. And I'd like to thank you for furnishing us with a copy of Snoopy Tennis for the Game Boy Color. So, Matthew, we now own two copies oh. Of Snoopy Tennis. Can you link up with the table <laughs> and do two player? And do 19 player. <laughs> I hope we can, because we should if we can't. So that's from me. And then as oh. that arrived, I got this to arrive at work, which is another copy of only, Snoopy Tennis. Only this stupid podcast will get two copies of Snoopy Bloody Tennis. We now own 19% of all the copies of Snoopy Tennis left in the world. <laughs> Bloody keep hell. sending Snoopy no, tennis. No. <laughs> I can't. Keep, I'm full. Keep, <laughs> with these Snoopy tennis, you are really spoiling <laughs> us. Snoopy gonna... tennis as usual. <laughs> I see. I see. I'm going to leave them. I can't stack them oh. really. And then you. Well, with enough look. copies, we can, still, we can make a pyramid of them. And then you got a lovely card oh, for me. Have a Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> have a Christmas. Read the oh. card. Dear Miffy, <laughs> thank you for forever being an ear, a shoulder, and all the other body parts too. Your friendship is never taken for granted, and you're an important part of my life. So I'd like to ask if you would do me a JVC Kaboom box-sized honour and be a groomsman at my wedding. Wear your best looks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Is that a yes? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm fucking genuinely touched by it. 
It means the world. You've been, you've been such a. Oh, bless. Thank you. You've been, you've, you've genuinely been, and through through this podcast and other things, you've genuinely been one of the closest friends I've had, among others. And uh, and I, I obviously I've already told you that I wanted you to be there on the day, but I don't okay. want you just to be there on the day. Like um, it'll be there's um, it'll be my best man. It'll be my brothers. Uh, one other person I've not asked yet. And yourself. Absolutely, mate. Uh, on, on my side of Aww. the world. It'd mean a lot to me, so thank you. Oh, I'll a... brush my hair and everything. If you could. You've got yeah, two yeah, years yeah. to brush your hair yet. Got plenty, oh. We've got plenty of time to fall out. <laughs> so yeah. don't panic. We'll put it we did, in this we Now's the time. We did it once before. We could yeah, do it exactly. again. <laughs> but it, no, it'd mean the world That was just me. a demo. <laughs> that, was a, that was a practice run. But yeah, it oh. would mean a lot for me to, for you to be there as a groomsman on my that day. Jeremy means a lot. Thank you very much, mate. Yes. Oh, Smackdown could get fucked. What, is he? <laughs> what, what could follow this? I know, right? Snoopy tennis. That's the main present. Do we not? Yeah. Do we not have like an actual Game Boy Color in this? Bloody there, triple there's triple. bound to be one. I bet Triple 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 have surely got me. millions of them. We'll yeah. play them in it. We'll please, please. Uh, we'll talk find, about we'll this. find an excuse. Well, I definitely don't message. Some of the staff and go, hey, do we have a Game Boy? Ask us, yeah. Ask the, ask um, if Ben and Peter might do. They might be recording at the moment, but uh, there may be one knocking about. Well, yeah, you do that. I'm being professional. Uh, we've got your mail to read out as well. And again, a massive thank you once again to Stephen Norrie. Thank you, uh, Stephen, who sent us a second copy of Snoopy Tennis. <laughs> Much appreciated. Stephen has been uh, uh, an avid listener. Uh, and a supporter of the show for a long time, uh, and we very much appreciate you. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you for that. It's really kind. Stephen Norrie. Thank you, Stephen Norrie. Um, hi, Tom. Hi, Math. Firstly, I'd like to apologise for the Star Trek and other wrist piss Mafu has been getting since I sent in the Deep Space Nine one oh. all those weeks ago. That being said, what about a Star Wars wrist piss? I oh, okay. kid. Oh, <laughs> better, <laughs> for better be fucking kidding. Also, I was the guy who mailed in the main podcast about my new guide dog, Pico. That's right. This is the week after Mafu nominated guide dogs for yes. the Hall of Fame. I remember you. Uh, which also featured uh, the beautiful Tom Ritchie Campbell subbing in for Jack. Oh, that was one of those, that was one of those cursed episodes of the podcast where me and you sit next to each other. Like, and everybody goes, this is noise. <laughs> Don't worry, Tom. There's been worse. Every so often, the, like this, this chite stays sort of confined to the podcast realm when it bleeds over into the YouTube world the world ain't ready for that jelly yeah it's really it's really not I feel like when it, it's AW's on and it's like hey it's top indie star Mance Warner and <laughs> 10 people in the crowd are like yay and it's like who <laughs> yeah. we're booked just to appease Tony Khan I just wanted to let you guys know that myself and Pico became fully qualified on the 9th. Hey. And again, a massive thank you to Mafu and Rossi Drip Drip for sponsoring Guide Dogs. It really does make a huge life-changing help to us legally blind guys and girls. So come on, Mafu, badger Jack into sponsoring a puppy on the main podcast. Matthew's, Jack, I mean, Jack is a pup. I was going to say, Jack's the puppy that we sponsor anyway. <laughs> so instead of sending another Reese's Pieces, thank God, I thought I would give it a go and send in a question. Oh, go on. Whenever you're ready, we'll get to the question. Since most of us fans always say that if WWE had waited until they had the main WCW stars oh, yeah. before doing the invasion angle, I put it to you, I put it to you, good sirs, that it would have still been a flop. Look how WWE booked the bigger stars that they had in 01, like DDP and Booker T. 
and how they go on to book other WCW names when they eventually did come in, like the NWO, Goldberg and Scott Steiner, and Sting years later, taking a whopping 13 years to finally learn how to book Goldberg properly yeah. in 2016. So, given how big w- how the WCW big names were booked, can anyone say with confidence that the invasion angle would have been any better with Vince booking? No. How dare you insinuate that wrestling companies would use an excuse to make more money than they've ever made before in their life uh, as a way of ironing out the creases <laughs> in their lives? How dare you? Not since JCP and uh, Bill Waters UWF. <laughs> the UWFI and New Japan feud. Uh, yeah, you're exactly right, mate. You bang the rights there. Impact um, GFW. Oh, God. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> oh, Game Changer and CZW, which ended with a shoot run in it. <laughs> Cage of Death. Oh, shit. When Brett Lardale, the lads went, hey, come watch Game Changer. Threw a bunch of flyers, then ran out. And everyone thought, that's the silliest work I've ever seen. And it was like, no, 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 that was real. We're never working them again. He's, oh, it's hilarious. Oh, that was the, that so was... funny. And with DJ Hyde, <laughs> Almost literally buried with a crane in a big pile of mud. <laughs> what a What's... time! What a time! So, yeah, you know what, mate? Everything you've said is right. It's easy for us to say, yes, but if he had this, because that's, that's the dream, isn't it? Hmm. That's why it's a dream match, because it's not going to fucking happen. Yeah, unfortunately you know, so. Goldberg, Kevin Nash, Ricky Dozen, Super Buddy T- Rogers. Super Clash. On one side, Kerry Von Erich, his foot. <laughs> Lutez and Adam Pachidi on you. Yeah, of course. It's all, it's all wishful thinking. Uh, but I really appreciate your lovely message. Thank you for not putting me in the spot and doing a Reese's Pieces. I think I will be living, not living down, or trying to live down, I should say, the Deep Space Nine one, which was the shit. Uh, but I appreciate your thoughts uh, to you and Pico. Uh, what, where are your other dogs? Uh, Nomad. <laughs> Game Gear. Game Gear. That was a deep cut that time. I I, I really like to think on the subject of like invasion stories. Like, obviously, you know, my heart belong our heart belongs to like North Wrestling and the Brit and the UK scene up here. I don't think that if a couple of indies got their heads together, they could even it out and go, okay, you win this, you win that, I win that, I win that. You'd hope so, but on a grander scale, I think everybody is so desperate to go. I need to win the pretend fighting. The, it would never be like a WWE and AEW thing would be great, but it's like, no, we need to win the pretend fighting. Everyone wins the pretend fighting when you get on. But, but objection, you're on it. But if it's just you versus you, yeah, whatever, fine. But when it becomes you, the brand, the company, the ideology versus the hated rivals, it's suddenly like, no, there's more to it than this. This is not just taking like, oh no, oopsie whoopsie, I got pindy windy. It's like, no, this means a lot to a lot of people and a lot of reputation at stake. So. But would, uh, would it only be a teeny tiny number of folk who would really be asked about it? Like Pepsi Cola aren't going to go, well, we were sponsoring WWE, but uh, John Moxley pinned Roman Reigns. So we're going to go with... Come on, we're all grown-ups. You know, corporate side of things, but, you know, the people that still believe back in that thing. I still believe. Uh, I do. Thank you, Matt and Pico. I like the fact that your email basically was, um, we've been qualified. Get Jack to sponsor a guide dog. Oh, shit, I need a question. Um, Would the invasion have always been shit? (laughs) And and doing the thing of, basically, here's a question that I'm going to answer myself. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so if you correct me, you look like a diddler. So yeah, good question, you and Pico. Take care. All right, Tom and Matthew. 
Just emailing to say thank you for all your work this year. We've done fuck all. And the same to both the Raw and Nitro pods too. I listen to them as I do my weekend housework and walk the dog along the middle of nowhere in Essex countryside. Quick, what's the name of your dog? Uh, they have a Jaguar, a, a Lynx. <laughs> He says he's ColecoVision. Um, you're both tremendous people. Come here, X800. <laughs> Jesus, shut up, Matthew. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> Come here, game.com! FM Towns, I won't tell you again. Come here, Nokia Engage! All right, all right, I'm sorry. No, never. Come on, Tiger Handheld. <laughs> Micro, to me. <laughs> Matthew, you've been a good online slash occasionally IRL pal for years. Oh. Me and my brother still laugh about you and him discussing his love of the Big Show's hilarious kayfabe career arc at that London Chikara show. Oh, Math's remembrance noises. Oh, I'm trying. Memory enjoyment noises. There's only a few memories of. Yeah, please carry on. I like how it's like you're good online. But sometimes in real life you're all right. <laughs> and yeah, this is like 2015, wasn't it? <laughs> and Tom, you no, are that's the time you were seen in public. <laughs> you're the radio slash content creator I wanted to be before I jacked it in for the quiet life. Aww. Come back, it's fun. Anyway, you've both probably destroyed me for how long this email is. I think I've chopped a big chunk of it out. Are so you you're talking? fine. Um, so here's my question. About <laughs> time. What, Alan, what I'm Alan Partridge episode would be the best oh. to become an episode of That's Gotta Be Kane. Much love. Oh. I rarely understand any of the gaming jokes. Matty Della. Oh, sorry for the first <laughs> three minutes of that then. <laughs> right, which one? I think, I think the one where he's staying in a hotel. We're sitting in the Linton Travel Tavern and he's just killing time by like going to the petrol station. Shall we go for a drink later? Goldfinger. And like oh, the one where he, he's human with Chris Chris Morris, the farmer. Oh, it's, God. it's one of my. It doesn't get as quoted often as other episodes, but it's one of my favorite things that ever happened with that character because it's just an insane take <laughs> that only a wrestler could have. That's just inexplicably heal. <laughs> I hate you, far, farmer. <laughs> Lutessa's great opponent. <laughs> you sit there and you thump your, your tractor. tractor. Oh my god! Well, that's a throwback. Um, no yeah. mercy. Nineteen ninety nine. Watch along, yeah. if I remember correctly, for, for for an hour and a half of Matthew Greg and I doing old time wrestling yeah. commentary, which did feature Luthez going, "Father Burns, you sit there and thump your tractor." Yeah, meaning to give myself myself a hernia, laughing one of my own jokes. It's very mature. <laughs> Uh, you sit there and you grow your chickens too big, Farmer Burns. <laughs> Farmer Burns, no one disrespects my chickens that way. Do they? Eight foot tall. <laughs> That's right. This Sunday at the Battle of the Barn, <laughs> Farmer Burns will take on Kane with <laughs> six eight foot chickens at ringside. <laughs> it's about respect. I mean, if, if, if anybody's book got pulped, it was probably Kane's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Mayor Kane bouncing back. If you beat me, I'll pulp my chicken in front of you. Oh. Uh, thank you, Matty Della. <laughs> Sorry for the crap answer. I remember you, but this sounds like a lovely conversation. Oh. My, main, my main memory of the Chikara show was, I said this beforehand, but the uh, FCP, which one was that? 
Fight Club Pro. They had the joint shows with them beforehand. Like, it was supposed to be the pre-shows, but they ended up just overshadowing a lot of the good, very good Chikara stuff. But this meant that a lot of FC people would hang around with the, the rest of the, the fans afterwards and watch mm. the show. And at the London show, I think they'd had enough. It was the last one of the tour. And uh, they were a bit drinking and weren't ready for the crowd being respectfully quiet during the main event. <laughs> and because the main event was Icarus losing the title to Hollow Wicked, I think. Yeah, it's been, it's been a bit of a blur, so I'm sorry if I'm getting somebody's name wrong. Um, and a really quiet moment happened. And one of the people that works at FCP who uh, has just finished working for NXT UK, so I won't say their name, uh, said... And I guess he wanted to do it quietly, but I guess he was expecting the, 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 the noise to continue. So just practically yelled it. Fucking hell. Icarus can't even arm drag. But <laughs> <laughs> like, looking at me like, uh -huh, and the turn around, everybody heard it, including the wrestlers in the ring. Oh, no. That's my main memory. So I'm sorry about not having this big show conversation with you. It was seven years ago. <laughs> So now's a, now's a hell of a time to come back to that. Oh, but you obviously made an imprint. I like that that remember. guy remembers it, though. Thank you. That's, that's very heartwarming. I was really hoping that you'd give away who it was. And you go, I won't say their name, but across the room, we would go, fucking hell, he can't even do it all, drug. <laughs> Can he toilet? Look, it look. may or may not have been that guy. That was just the first name from Tom, NXT Tom, I'll UK. give you seven guesses who it was. <laughs> <laughs> I won't make the And again, it's not as if this is a private moment in front of everybody and everybody who heard it around me and the people next door, and the people down the street oh. and the football match. I was like... <laughs> Bloody hell. You know, all those people who heard it. Bless you. <laughs> Dearest Tom and Matthew... <sighs> Upon listening to the SmackDown Classic review this morning in my freezing cold employment in Nando's. Oh, hello. Eat some of the sauce and you'll warm up. I heard it's the last opportunity to email this year. What better time to send this than now? You can't have been that cold. You've written for ages. <laughs> typing Back to keep warm, Tom. <laughs> yeah, is the typing keeping you warm, Christ? Back... <laughs> This is the part you know of the what? show where Tom reads out the mail and shits all over it. The, the, the thing is, people now are emailing long emails just because they're getting this weird thing out of me chewing them out for Because <laughs> I think because I'm just, because I've, I've kind of painted this image of myself being just like polite and nice all the time. And then these, these long sort of <laughs> self-congratulatory wanky emails. See, I tried doing that in the main podcast. You can do it, Tom, okay. on this podcast, because we're a special type of person. Email. And a special type of person to listen to this. When I did it on the main one, I came across not as an enduringly lovable person who had a bit of a cynical side to him. No, I came across as the world's biggest arsehole. <laughs> so I'll quickly stop that, which is nice. So I'm glad that you're, you're doing what I did. <laughs> it's, a, it's all to balance. Anyway, uh, he bangs on from Nando's. <laughs> Back in 2016, I got back into watching wrestling after a long absence. I was a huge fan between 1998 and whenever Al Wilson, Katie Vick, and whoever was accusing oh. The Undertaker of having an affair got involved. Bullshit. Thanks to things heating up in WWE, hope they do in Nando's, and stumbling upon YouTube pages such as Botchamania, hey. Name Redacted, 
and later Coleslaw-holic, I have jumped headfirst back into my love of wrestling. Attending OTT shows in Dublin oh. and a Riot Cabaret show in Clapham. Riot are very good. I want to thank you two and the rest of Cultaholic, not Sam, for keeping me entertained. <laughs> oh, no. Wowzers! For keeping me entertained with your wrestling content and keeping me laughing out loud in public by talking about Cool Kane, the stinker, and spending most of Invasion watch along quoting Father Ted. That, oh. that one nearly killed me. I wish you the best going forward and seeing Tom's descent into turning more and more into his dad. Or Ascent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right with that. After meeting your dad, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Oh no, please don't. Please don't apologise. <laughs> um, Fraser had a Fraser had a long chat with my dad at the bar, and he said it was just all jokes. It was just like just like machine gunning jokes. Yep. But like it was, I, I don't know whether I mentioned it on this podcast where he didn't know that Fraser worked for Cultaholic, and he were, and he pointed over to the Cultaholic table and referred to them quote as that Silicon Valley lot. <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. I love. And then my dad went, hey, look, it's been lovely to chat to you because I ended up having a chat. He went, hey, you know, if you're ever in Worcester, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a warm bed and a cooked meal at the Hotel of the Road from us. A- oh. <laughs> there he is. There's my dad. I'll get him on one of these one day and he will not have a clue what's going on. Hey, he went, hey, hey, where's my washboard? Pretty much. <laughs> God love him. Merry Christmas and happy witty wee witty woo year. Barry oh. from Dublin. Uh, P.S. Attached is a photo of myself and Tim Tuvok Russ after I met him in a bar in L.A. in 2011. Wait, what? Having never watched Star Trek, he will always be the principal from iCarly for me. So let me find... You and Tuvok didn't watch fucking Star Trek. And there he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll put that on the screen if you're watching on the old patch. You know what? He's probably, given all the, the nerd cons these guys go to and subject themselves to to make a decent living, I suppose he was like, the principal for my Carly. He's like, oh, thank God. Yes, yes, that is me. <laughs> Bloody hell. That's me, Your Honor. That's me in the corner losing my religion. You met Tuvac before he got shot. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, no, thank you very much, Barry. I uh, hope... You know, everything goes warmer for you in Nando's. Please warm up in Nando's. I'll worry about you otherwise. Macho peas, Randy Savage. Macho, macho peas. We're nearly at the point where Math talks us through the final episode of SmackDown on the classic SmackDown review for 2022. Got a few little things on the uh, the wrestling world stage before we get there. I'll rattle through this. Some Ross reports. Did you know that thing that on the radio? That would be the little noise that and the noise like that in America at least they. That was because that's what it sounded like when they were getting the news in. Yeah. Uh, they got to a point where, well, we don't need to have those noises in the background. It's streamlined now. But people said, can you have the, we're used to that noise. Can you keep that playing? <laughs> well, just the noise and the beep, 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 beep. Yeah, we associate that with the sound of news being read out. Just have it in the background. Yeah. Like, wait, it's, it's just coming in. That, that's the noise, the news. You know, like people got so used to it. It's like, yeah, we don't need it. It's, it's all computers now. You know, it's all right. It's like, it, no, no. Can you please play it, please? Because it gives the impression of breaking news. Right. That, that's it. Like, and that's why it's so popular. You just got so used, like, um, uh, Pavlov. Pavlovian response, isn't it? Yeah. It's like these, like, news has to have these urgent calls to action. That's why, like, you still have the, the beeps on the on radio oh, tomb for the headlines. Like, boop, right. boop, boop. Even if you're not bang on the time. Get ready for news. <laughs> that's it. That's the kind of, you need those Pavlovian 
calls to arms, as it were. Yeah, imagine I get if it, the radio's on the pub, like the landlord goes, "Oh, everyone, shut up! <laughs> shut up, man! We're gonna watch shut this. up the news. Tom's reading out the news. Go ahead, Tom." So the Ross report notes uh, they are hopeful of bringing Kane back after his elbow infection in San Antonio on the 10th of September, uh, where they'll be taping an episode of Raw. Uh, Kidman is off to OVW wait, wait, in two sorry, or just, three weeks. Obviously, to interrupt you then. So wait a minute, he had a, an elbow infection and he's had a week off. Yes. Or two weeks, maybe. Yeah, because they've realised he's That's... worked all the way through this injury. He should probably have a little bit of a break. Yeah, to, but to it is a proper. bit sad in a way, even if it's Kane. Obviously, the character we love, real-life guy can get fucked, but mm. like, yeah, well, enjoy your two weeks off. It's like, oh, Thanks. yeah, that'll fix everything. <laughs> I feel much better after two weeks of rehabilitation on my monkey elbow and my broken body. I reckon he, he must have started those two weeks off by doing what we all do when we get home from work, just sitting on the sofa going, oh, what a day. I lord It's really hard for him to sit down on the couch, knees first. <laughs> he went for a swim, just did a dive, knees up in the air. Kane, you have to spread your knees out. I did! That's as far as they go. That's weird. I know, right? You should see me take a pedigree. Um, <laughs> Kane back, hopefully, next week. We've missed you, Kane. Kidman will be going to OVW in two or three weeks, and he's going <laughs> to stay there for a few weeks before returning. That's from Dave Meltzer. Is that until he becomes man-man? Uh, <laughs> Felt that one. Gangrel has officially been released. He was still oh. on the books. Was he? Yeah. He's just been sat at home. He hasn't been part of the invasion. But they've just gone, yeah, we've got nothing for you now. Bye. How do you have nothing for Gangrel? Quite easily, as it turns out. I barely noticed. I, I thought he'd gone ages ago. No. Um, wow. Chaz, who's been obviously working in Puerto Rico as part of Lowdown, he's gone in January. Oh, His contract's okay. going to be... Basically, they've said, we're going to let you let your contract run out. We're not going to renew it. You're just going to... Just do a bit in Puerto Rico and then just go home and then January you're done. End of an era. Um, not safe for D'Lo Brown. D'Lo Brown stayed on the books, but Chaz is not. Fair enough. Sorry, Chaz. WWE have just, WWF, sorry, have just signed Carly Moore, better known as... Shannon Moore? Jazz. Oh. So ECW uh, female standout, Jazz. Now on the books. Big fan of Jazz. Mm, yeah, I love a bit of Jazz. Uh, Joni <laughs> oh, Laura nice. was on Larry King the other night. Oh, no. Do you know about this? No, just Larry King. Just the more I know about him, the more I like and laugh at him. Because uh, he just, just doesn't do any research. So I guess he must have been like, <laughs> so you and the WWF. Basically, he, I mean, he, he does ask the obvious questions. Are you know. actually from China? <laughs> so are you a woman? Uh, are you a wrestler? He he said, don't treat, treat you for what you are. Who are you? Yes, it's your song says, don't treat me like a woman or a man. Are you a woman? What are you? Um, China came, Joni Laura came off as likable, according to Dave Meltzer. Uh, did the, oh, his story's already bullshit. <laughs> uh, she signed a deal to be the cover girl on Playboy's January 2002 edition. She's also doing a play in Toronto called My Darling Judith, just before Christmas. What, what the fuck? What? <laughs> She's doing a play. I've never heard of this before. Don't she treat me play. like Judith. She's doing a play called My Darling Judith. Bloody hell, her entire life ended up being like <laughs> the Scottish play at this point in her life. <laughs> God. So, uh, also, she's in negotiations for a TV series on Fox. 
Now, I don't know whether that means, like, that's got to be China or whether, <laughs> or whether this is leading to, like, cameos in existing Fox series. We don't know. Uh, she admitted they released her to WWF, although she said she couldn't go forward in her career either way. They were never going to give her the WWF title, which was a big mm. issue with her. And they were going to make her wrestle the women exclusively, which she said this was beneath what I was capable of. Uh, she said after Vince mm. got the monopoly, hers was the first big contract that was up for renewal. Uh, they lowballed her and she went, nah, it's fine. So therefore she was let go. Um, mm. She wants, so basically what she wanted, she's very honest about what she wanted. She wanted main eventers money. She wanted to run with the WWF title and she wanted a part-time schedule so she could go and pursue acting roles. <laughs> to which many went, Jesus Christ, you want fries with that? <laughs> Stick a broom up my ass and I'll do the sweeping as well. Um, Larry King brought up Paul Levesque and obviously their romance that ended and she admitted, yeah, all that is what happened. I got dumped so he could date Stephanie McMahon. Uh, she didn't try and blame Paul Levesque or Stephanie for her departure, uh, but she said I was very hurt by the whole thing. Larry King, the research king, said, is wrestling fake? Did he? Re- oh, to which he Joni, did. yeah, of course he did. But Joni Lara said, "Yeah, absolutely, it's fake." <laughs> oh, good for her. Of course it is. Unlike uh, my play, which is real, <laughs> and it's on now. God dear, my darling Judith. Uh, a court, <laughs> my a, darling Judith. A caller asked her about making a WWF return uh, for like a one-time deal or something, and she said, "Never say never." Uh, but she seemed to indicate that she didn't expect to go back full time. Uh, potentially going back for like a one-shot, maybe. Um, but not right now. So that was she came across all right on Larry King. It could have been a, it, yeah. it, it could have been a, a PR speed bump, but she got through it all right. Uh, the Wrestling Observer uh, say while Hawk Scott Hall and Kevin Nash have considered the idea of doing the Outsiders in New Japan as a regular gig, nearly everyone expects them to work a few shows in Japan and then come back to the World Wrestling Federation. While there are those in the WWF who say they wouldn't be wanted or needed. Uh, Scott Hall blowing off Shane when he tried to recruit him for the beginning of the invasion angle wasn't viewed very favorably, which is why people say they don't want them or need them. Uh, This is, as Dave Meltzer says, a business. And come around March of next year, they're going to need something new on top. And already there are conversations about running Scott Hall and Kevin Nash next year should the invasion angle limp on Hmm. a little longer. Hmm. If only you'd held off a year. I was going to say, I think he's right there. Uh, David wants to marry Anna, but there's a hitch. David's eccentric wife, Judith. He hatches a plan for her to be seduced by a co-worker, but the scheme falls hilariously apart. Yeah, printed 1997. First produced 1987 by Theatre New Brunswick. Ring time, 110 minutes. Playwrights Guild of Canada's My Darling Judith by Norm Foster. That sounds lovely. Sounds like a great time. Sorry, uh, obviously the out, the outsiders are unavailable right now to be enjoyed in the evasion ev- because they're being paid too much money to do a rendition of Guys and Dolls. <laughs> Tear Brett- my quad, I'm just going to tear my <laughs> It's nearly for that. They had it coming. Oh, it's Chicago. Bret Hart, Stevie Ray, and Road Dog are off to Australia. What a fucking road trip that is. Uh, they're doing some advanced PR work for the Andrew McManus tour, uh, being booked by Vince oh. Russo in October. Uh, I'm not sure about the Russo bit, but yeah, this would be WWE, I think. Yes. Uh, so they're doing a show in Sydney that's going to be taped for an American pay-per-view. Uh, that's right. Uh, Buff Bagel was asked to do some work for it. He's declined. 
Uh, he will end up being part of WWE anyway. Uh, also announced for the tour are the Harris twins. Oh, for f- Big Vito. I did not see that coming. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Big Vito, Conan. Why do you put the, the Nazis and the Italians together? Do you think <laughs> it's the 40s? Sorry, carry on, Tom. Conan. Disco yeah, Inferno. <laughs> hey, this isn't fit now. Oh, God, cool. the rails melt out. We're keeping it together. Crowbar and Daphne. You crowbarred that in. Jeff Jarrett. Well, of course. <laughs> uh, very quickly, since he's only just been released, Gangrel has been booked with Luna. That's right. Uh, and Ke- uh, Ken Shamrock. Wouldn't happen. Uh, Ex-WWF trainee Nathan Jones. Oh, that would happen. Oh, so he was a trainee, and then with so oh. he was in. He was, I think, he, I think he was an OV dub, and they just went, oh, "This ain't clicking, lad," and they let him go. And obviously, mm. there's um, there's two great stories about Nathan Jones uh, <laughs> in WWF. One being he's in the training system. They went nah, and then the other was as we'll talk about in years to come, where he's working in WWE. They do a tour of Australia, yeah. and he goes, uh, "I I don't want to wrestle before you anymore." And he went, okay, that's fine. He went, just leave me here. <laughs> <laughs> just, do you, yeah. lift, do you want to lift back? Nah, I'll just stay. You know, I saw it, yeah. To save you the airfare. He goes, oh, cheers, pal. I really, appreciate it. I really want to think that he knew he was going to leave. And he thought, I'm just going to wait until we're in Australia. And I'll just say, uh, thanks for the flight here. I won't come back. And the three went, no worries, mate. No worries. Um, also, I have, a, you have a two Nathan Jones stories. I know that he... Um, I don't know when exactly. It would have been when he was with WWE, though. <gasps> Bless you. He had to Excuse get surgery me. because of... Um, I haven't got COVID. Because he was... Uh, no, I have. Um, I, uh, he, that was a joke, sorry. Um, Nathan Jones had to go get surgery because he was lactating. Oh, that's the other story, in it? Uh, it's that, along with... I remember the wrestlingfan.com, which used to be so great. Just running with that and going... like <laughs> This impression of like all the other guys like in the roster going, Wait... We do a lot of steroids. None of us are lactating. <laughs> whoa. Like even Road Warrior Hawks, like, whoa, even I didn't do that. <laughs> um, and the other story was that I forget the exact details, but he was in an airport one time and he did try and make a joke. Like, I think someone said anything to declare. And he went, yeah, they're bombing my boot. And oh, they were like, God don't sake. fucking say that. <laughs> so there's more than one brilliant, more than, more than two brilliant Nathan Jones stories, which I'm excited to talk about in years to come. Uh, also on the books, Juventud Guerrera, Psychosis, and the Mean Street Posse. What a show. All of them? Is Rodney... Oh, no. Pete and Rodney Gas. Pete Gas. Pete on the gas, as he was known in this period, because he was massive. Mm-hmm. Is he still in Puerto Rico, or has he been released? I'm not sure. Um, I, well, the, by, by virtue of the fact that they're on tour, I would assume that he's... Been released. Oh, okay. We've not heard anything about him being released. We know that. I like. I'm questioning you as if you know everything about this period of history. I happen to, as you thought. I'm like Larry King, so unprepared. I'm going to end. <laughs> Larry okay. King asked China. So it's Pete Gas still on the bus. <laughs> so it's Pete. Pete Gas has finished his called the gas mask. Yeah. Does he put a gas mask on? Yeah. Does he use gas? How does that affect the fans at ringside? <laughs> China. And China was like, you know, Larry. A lot of people have been asking me about Pete Gas recently. <laughs> So they're not asking me about like my WF status or why I left or Triple H. It's always about Pete Gas. I Everyone why that just is. keeps asking me about Pete Gas. Could we please talk about Playboy or something? Like we never, I never hear anybody talk about that. <laughs> Mr. Levesque, is it true that you're rehiring Pete Gas? Look, uh... <laughs> Noah. <laughs> He's going to Noah. <laughs> 
King's Road, Pete Gas. I'm sick of talking about this. You read Pete Gas's book, haven't you? Yes. It's it's just and it's no, all like I, something really funny happened near me and it was good. Imagine Forrest Gump wrote a book all the times he was right next to Richard Nixon. <laughs> Or the Kennedy assassination was like, well, I saw it happen. Nothing to do with me, like, but I was there. I saw it from afar. God, love him. He got a book out of that. I'm sad the book wasn't called Behind the Gas Mask. Just a thought. Cool. Uh, we're going to end Yay. the news All right, bit bye. See you next week. On a, on a little bit about MECW. Oh, God. The, this, what's that thing about the brightest flames? Oh, <laughs> Shorting the quickest. Oh, it, my it, God. It is, bright, it is bright as fuck on this day. On, which show is oh, this my, around? mate. I'm not even going to talk about a show from MECW. I'm going to talk about a situation. Yeah, there we go. 26th of August, there was a show in Evansville. Yeah. Kurt Hennig and Buff Bagwell were set to be on it. They didn't appear on it. Now... The story as to why goes as follows, according to Dave Meltzer, the Wrestling Observer. Kurt Hennig uh, was upset during the week because he was behind on money from MECW and was going to insist on it, on getting paid ahead of time. He went to the airport to fly to the show, was told that his ticket to the show had not been paid for. He called someone in the company. He then went back home, called somebody from the company... And said, hey, if you, if you want me at your show, you've got to pay for my travel, as agreed. <laughs> they called him back and said, all right, don't worry, it's taken care of. So Kurt Hennig drove oh, back God. to the airport, went to the desk, said, you got a ticket for me? He went, yeah, it still hasn't been paid. <laughs> yeah, what it's sorted, Kurt. <laughs> what a Fucking dick. Fucking sucker. Um, <laughs> Well, maybe if he goes to the airport, he'll just get on the plane because he's already there. <laughs> the opposite to Nathan Jones. <laughs> Bagwell did show up at the building and insisted on being caught up on the money that was owed for previous shows. Uh, but the promoter, John Collins, wasn't even in the building. Yeah. Uh, his wife called the building and claimed that he had suffered a heart attack earlier that day. And everybody oh, went my wife. bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm John I'm John Collins' wife, Bob, Belinda, and um, yeah, he's had a heart attack. He won't. He, he won't. He Man, won't be into the, the show. These these heart attacks and other ailments that follow these promoters when there's a shit show uh, and t- no money to go around. It's amazing. It's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. It seems like it sounds like being like one of the drummers for Spinal Tap. If only, if only somebody could do something about it, because it's so obvious that these poor promoters always suffer heart attacks when they owe people a lot of money. If only we recognise the symptoms, i.e., empty bank account, angry restless. We could prevent promoter heart attacks. Now, uh, John Collins may have had a health issue. I want to point that out there. We are merely saying this for comedy purposes. Yeah, Belinda he Collins. from a lack of common sense. Yes, we're, we, we forever suffer from a lack of common sense. Um, but everyone did call bullshit on it. And they go, oh, okay. Um, Collins had promised to meet wrestlers at the airport and take care of any bounce checks. Of course, they got to the airport and he wasn't there. Barry Windham and Mike Rotunda have given up on the company. They have had one bounce check too many. Uh, they ran a show on the 19th of August that drew 340 fans. They had people at the Road Warriors and Steve Williams on the poster. None of them showed up. 
because their tickets for the flight for the flights were paid for. We're seeing a pattern emerge. Um, <laughs> on this same show, right? So come to our show on the nineteenth of August. The Road Warriors are there. Steve Williams is there, and we're doing tapings for our brand new national TV show. All of that bollocks. <laughs> Every bit of it was bollocks. The following week, they ran a show on the 26th of August, the one that uh, in Evansville, which Kurt Hennig and Buff Bagel couldn't get to due to lack of ticket, uh, drew 170 people. Um, it wasn't just the wrestlers that were pursuing uh, poor Belinda Collins' husband for, for, for owed money. The local radio station was also at the building because the state because MECW owed them advertising revenue money uh, because once again they wrote a check to do adverts and the check bounced. The story has always been, says the Observer, that Collins was the front man for a mysterious Canadian guy who everyone knows about, but nobody seemed to know his name, that supposedly met with Collins at an arbitration hearing and both struck up a conversation about wrestling. Was suppo- and this guy was supposedly bankrolling the operation. At an arbitration hearing? That's where all the good deals are made. He spoke to this mysterious Canadian guy. Went, "Hey, you want to be a wrestling promotion?" Mysterious Canadian. Here's my bank details. I'll, I'll, I'll pay off all the checks, and then it never happened. <laughs> um, a little, oh. a little, a little note. There were still limos taking talent to the building on the 26th of August. Those at the building themselves wanted nothing to do with Collins, and that is MECW. What a time! I'm not sure if that's up, but. I... I think it was Sabu's book. He talked about this very briefly, and he was not positive about it uh, for the reasons given there. Because they did a free show at the ECW Arena that was covered by Power Slam. That's why I remembered it so vividly because it looked packed, and Ram's like, "Wow, okay." And the amount of stars on these play shows as well. Mm. Uh, I think Sabu said there was a show that they were on with guys like Kurt Heading and that uh, loaded show that drew maybe eleven fans. I hope that's next week. We'll get to that. <sighs> It was dismal, so... I, and do you know what's so funny great. is that this whole... Th- this isn't, like, a story that is exclusive to this time period. Like, shit like that happened three weeks ago in 2022 with that show in New York, was it? <clears throat> oh, God, which, yeah, with which, the... Um, which booked Ultimo Dragon Ultimo and... Dragon Del Rio. EC3 and Alberto Del Rio. And the, the venue looked like somebody's living room. And the promoter had a heart attack or had a heart condition and had to leave the venue before he had time to pay everybody. Spoiler, there was not enough money to pay everybody. Like, this just seems to happen with wrestling. And and I think, I think we've had this conversation before. Wrestling desperately needs like some sort of governing body to stop shit asses just going I want to hang out with wrestlers so I'm going to start a wrestling promotion I've I've met and I've had contact with people and I just go oh, you're just doing this because you want to hang out with wrestlers you're not doing it because you love the whole thing and you get the whole thing. You're just like, I want to have a match with a wrestler that I like and I'll put on a show and I'll design a poster. Enough benefit money is accrued in the Leeds area. Um, there there's, was, uh, there's a lot of it and it really does my head because uh, it really paints a bad image of wrestling. There was one a while ago where Rad Pro, which it's a shame... Rad Pro no, no one cares us. about it. No, no one. It will do no numbers whatsoever. 
But if we just get some, hey, if we just, if I knew, I knew if I went to a few of these people, and, hey, can you give me some stories about it? And I'll just leave them, your, your name's blank. We'd get some amazing stories. No one would care about them apart from three people in the area mm. about Rad Pro. But just like, there was something a while ago that I heard secondhand about, they were doing a charity event. It's always charity. Because if they say charity, it's, you know, like on radio, isn't it? We're doing jokes about this in the 90s. It's for charity. Yeah. And so also, it's okay, then you can't criticize it. And, but, and also, it means that you, that therefore, they go, it's a charity show. So what, what tends to happen, here's a little tip for our budding wrestling promoters and, and uh, wrestling uh, superstars and commentators and announcers out there. This is a tip that my father-in-law taught go me. Go on. Right. Always know your worth. Always know yeah. your worth because you'll have people who go, it's a charity event and so no one's getting paid. Yeah, aha. I'll interrupt and, and, and say, oh, you are right. But in this case, it was they got somebody in who had basically bigged themselves up. And I knew for a fact that they were not and they were completely full of shit. Oh, really? Uh, and they were saying, like, well, you know, I want to bring in someone. And they were like, because it's a charity event, want to make it do good. They were going to bring in pre nonce Ligero. And they were like, okay, but the hero's like, I'm not going to do a charity show for a no-name company. So I was like, no, nah, I need to get paid this amount, whatever. And this person told them, like, well, you know, I'll pay for him. And like, oh, great, you know, because I'm sure the wrestlers probably did it for nothing or whatever. So a few bottles of Tizer. But uh, going to get the show ready and everything else like that. So, hey, you said you do this. The hero just wants paying and we'll, uh, you know, got the posters ready. Printed out a few hundred. Uh, hello? Oh, that was the one I was saying. And so then, so the, the money never changed hands. These stories are all, you know, it's like watching like crime films or documentaries and stuff like that. The Sopranos and Goodfellas, it's like, wow, it's an amazing show. It would suck to be one of these people, like the other people that they're, you know, blackmailing or strong arming or whatever. But I mean, it's amazing to watch as, as a presentation. as a, ooh, this is what life's like. Yeah. These stories are horrible if you're involved in them. If your wrestler got fucked over or still owed money, you know. But at the same time, God, I love reading it. It's great it's to read fucking it. Am- I mean, if I was owed money, I'd hate them. But uh, mm. I, I bought tickets to the Wolfpack tour from 2014 to go see Nash, Hall, and Waltman in Glasgow, I think. And that was the one I went. I bought the tickets, but I was just like, ah, it's going to take me there and back. I just want to rest for two days, you know, because I was in and out of work. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't, because that was another clusterfuck where the guy was like, oh, I've had a cardiac arrest, oh. you know. So. And it's a shame because well, they probably are. While you talk, I'm just going to go to the toilet. You because to the toilet. I've left myself to the point of pooing. Oh, that's wonderful. But that, but this is the thing with what Math says there is that like there are probably people who are who have booked shows who have had like heart attacks and had health issues, and they are that 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 is blighted by people who fake it to get out of paying. That's what we've found. The point that I was going to make, and I'll make it before math gets back, is always knowing your worth. And it was something that my father-in-law taught me about. I think it's important to do. Like, I, when I do wrestling shows, when I, whatever wrestling shows I do, I charge a fee. I have a fee that I pay. I don't do them for the love of it. And, 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 and you know what? Some people don't necessarily agree with the fee that I am um, priced at. Because they could get their mate to do it for a tenner. And that's fine, and they can. And then I always go, in that case, you should. All the best. But when, it, when, like a, when on the odd occasion when I've been approached, going, oh, it's a charity show, so no one's getting paid. My, the line I always use, and please use this as well, is I go, here is my fee. Please donate it to charity on my behalf. 
And then that puts the onus to pay towards the charity in the ballpark of the promoter. That tells them how much you're worth because what's happened to me in the past is that someone's done an event for charity and then they've done an event that isn't for charity and gone, oh, you did it for free last time. By me going, here's my fee, please put that towards the charity, rather than saying, I'll do it for free, it sets a precedent. So it's worth doing. Always know your worth. I don't do stuff for free anymore. I was just saying, basically. I just... <laughs> I remember somebody told me, like, I gave, I told them, I don't, don't want to be like, I won't go into detail on money because I, I have a set fee for what I charge for like commentary and ring announcing and stuff. And I sold this one promoter my fee and they went, you realize that you're not far off the price of what I get Jim Ross for. Like uh, quite, and I, and I went, well, that's a shame for Jim Ross. He should charge more. <laughs> yeah. Got a good That's, deal there, mate. Yeah, I, I think they were expecting me to go. Oh, you're right. I'll do it for a five. No, that's a shame for Jim Ross. You know, as it happens, you're getting a quality commentator for a little less than Jim Ross. Anyway, <laughs> that's soapboxreview.com. Yes, I mean, you can commentate, but Ross Thank could you. not do the cultaholic classic SmackDown review. No, he bloody couldn't. He's too busy shitting on John Laurinaitis. <laughs> Speaking of which, recap of Steve Austin throwing his uh, heavily fought one. No, no, who am I kidding? He stole the medals from Kurt Angle last week and he threw them off a bridge. Dun, dun, dun. And these medals were attached to a red, white, and blue cinder block. They did. I don't know why he's French. Were. Austin says he did this for the alliance. Stephanie is so impressed that she gives Austin a brand new truck. Austin is really thrilled, jumps in the back of it and goes, hey, you see Titanic? I'm the king <laughs> of the world. And Angle jumps out of another truck, strategically placed behind this truck, and bashes Austin over the head and abducts Austin by driving off with the truck and Austin in the back. Angle is then shown with a chained up, blindfolded Austin on a bridge and goes to throw Austin off the fucking bridge but Kangle changes his mind because <gasps> this bridge isn't high enough. Later on, on a bigger bridge, Austin tells Kurt, you'll get his medals back. It's all right. I'll, I'll get them. I'm sorry, Kurt. I'm sorry, Kurt. Angle says it's too late for that and makes Austin beg, <laughs> like Austin made Kurt Angle do with that insane promo from last week. Uh, and then he goes, that's not enough as well. Kurt Angle asks, well, going, what? The whole time in Austin's face. Austin, you need to cry. And Austin says, I, I, I can't. Angle grabs his face and Austin says, okay, I'll cry. Kangal <laughs> <laughs> makes Austin cry and then goes, all right, need one last thing. I'm going to kill you. What? Uh, give me a title shot in Pittsburgh, PA, no mercy. And he goes, yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. And Angle says, yeah, thanks. He's still going in the river. So Kangle launches him into a paddling pool that is strategically placed next to them. Austin acts like he's dying before realizing, and then Kurt Angle drives off in his truck. They keep on doing this. You can't just go, ha ha. You have to be on your truck alongside going, ha 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 ha. <laughs> With Austin going, damn you, Kurt. Phenomenal. I, what a psycho segment for the beloved American hero. It really was. Went down well, but it is, it's funny how it's almost played for, for laughs, but kind of not. Because it's like, well, Austin did it to him. It's like, yeah, no, he threw his medals off. <laughs> I was going to go, I'm going to kill you, Kurt. As much, this, this segment was brilliant. 
to as a viewer, it was brilliant. Do you realize what a nightmare it was in the arena that night? Oh, because it's all obviously pre-taped stuff shown on the Titantron. So, but it but it all went. It was if only it was that simple. Oh, so the Austin Angle confrontation that took place on the Humber Arch Bridge near the Air Canada Centre. Um, the guy handling the satellite feed uh, thought the show ended at eleven, but obviously the segment went into the overrun. So he cut transmission at eleven. And a TV PG rating flashed up on the screen as they got ready for like mm-hmm. a Star Trek episode or something Boop. that followed it. The Boop. screen went blank Boop. and then commercials played for eight uh, until eight or minutes or so later. Now, in the building, obviously, they had to stop everything because they're now no longer going out live as they hoped this segment would. It, it, they didn't know they were going oh. to a break. They, 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 didn't, they, they hadn't factored in this overrun. Oh, okay. So in the building, fans started to leave. Because they thought, well, that's the end of the night. That's the end of the show. Like they're, they're this weird cliffhanger of Austin about to be thrown off a bridge. Um, so they were leaving, and Lillian Garcia got on the mic and told fans to stick around because Monday Night Raw hadn't finished yet. There's more to come. They hadn't had the push in the paddling pool yet. Um, the transmission being out was was fine for a few seconds uh, because then what happened is people started coming back, but then they're coming back and then they're waiting. Deborah came out to do her planned speech, but the floor director told her she had to stall whilst they waited for the surprising commercial break to finish. Oh, no. Deborah, with written lines for a promo, is pretty bad. Deborah being told to busk in front of a live crowd is exactly what you hoped it would do. Uh, Dave Melter says the pro- the segment was dying oh. as they tried to keep the crowd before the signal to come back. Finally, in a panic, they signal for Paul Heyman to do an interview since he's good under pressure. Yeah, yeah. So they thought, okay, let's get Heyman in the ring to do something with Deborah. Heyman gets in the ring. I can save this. His microphone doesn't work. <laughs> Lillian Garcia eventually realized, oh, his mic's not working. Here, have mine. He yelled about, the f- then, then he spent ages yelling at the fans about, he kind of got everything back then, called the fans sickos, wanting to see Austin thrown off a bridge, you know, saying, poor Deborah, she's so upset here. And you're all like, and by the time he finished busking, the feed came back on. Then we got the finish as planned with Austin being choked in the paddling pool and everything was fine. But what a chew on. Just because they hadn't, pr- they hadn't wow. pre-warned the network they were going to overrun. Uh, so they just think, well, that's the end of the show. It's 11 o'clock. Click. And wow. in, in, this, in the arena, it was just a, it was just a I'm nightmare. Surpri- I'm surprised that would... That feed? It's not like the feed's connected to the Titan Tron. They're not just playing a video that's no, played so, earlier. No, like, they, 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 they took it off the Tron because they were no longer broadcasting live. On across the on TV. But why? Because otherwise, <laughs> no, fuck be, you, people in the arena. Yeah, but basic, basically, yeah. Oh. Because like, if you <laughs> if you carry on playing it and nobody's watching it, when they come back, you know, when they, like, then the oh, I t- guess because they want to come back, right? right oh, yeah, I that's you know, it. Yeah. That, you know, it's 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 like you know, if it'd be like if um if this was going out live on Twitch, for example. No, I, I get you now. Sorry. And yeah. then the Twitch feed cut. Yeah. We wouldn't carry on talking. We go, oh shit, hang on, yeah. pause, let's nah, get nah, this I working. So it's the it's a bigger version of that. I thought we made connected, it was like the satellite feed went off at the same time. It's like, oh well oh, no. that's trust us for using the feed for the Tron. It's like it doesn't make any sense. But now you've said yeah. it, it makes complete sense. It's, it's once they realize then they they That sounds the amazing. It was, and the crowd chat M E C dub, M E C dub. 
And he's like, speaking of bounce checks. <laughs> yeah, hey. I heard someone's bouncing checks better than I ever did. Furious. It's a, yeah, it's all right. Austin, Austin was thrown off the bridge, but he landed on a bunch of Joan Collins. <laughs> he lands on a Joan Collins. A Boing. Joan Collins. Like, wee. <laughs> Gang's like, what happened? I need a bug up. <laughs> The fuck happened there? All these but you know what? To get checks. the crowd into it, though, you forgot to mention, because um, they start leaving. He goes, wait, wait, wait. We'll play a song. Witty, wee, witty. Whoa. Witty, witty. Whoa. We're in Toronto. It, with a big ass eight man tag match. The Alliance versus the WWF. Again. And Kurt Langle is here with his I'll Make You Tap Out shirt and a bottle of water. Oh, but never mind that. Here's Team Sex Stream, a.k.a. the Harleys and Leader. Uh, Jeff is wrestling against Doctor's Orders. Won't be the first time, won't be the last. They take on Just Incredible and Raven, accompanied by Terry, the brand new thrown together tag team. Uh, obviously, because Lowdown's in the shitter, so we'll have somebody mm-hmm. come out and do jobs. And again, just as a minor pick, we have Lance Storm and we have Just Incredible. They can't team up. They have to have. Lance with the Hurricane, Incredible with Raven. But they put Stajak and Keebler back together. They're so weird. So They're weird. so weird. Like the Impact players as, as a team would have been great. But it's the, the, the whims and mercies of, of one man who went, just incredible, Lance don't yeah. work together. Right. I, I thought Raven and Hurricane would have ruled. Do you reckon Hurricane Vince, doing his bits and Raven just bit the set. They've been all mopey. Vince probably just went, well... No, because Lance Storm's WCW and Just Incredible's ECW. Why, why would they be a team? No, Vince. No, uh, come on. Terry shoves Leader off the apron before the bell even rings, and the crowd is hot for this as they are all night. Matt Hardy headlocks Raven, and then Just Incredible runs in. So Matt Hardy, while headlocking Raven, gives JC a backdrop. And then Jeff lands a crazy dive the outside. Cole yells, he's unreal. And Taz yells, he's an idiot, Cole. <laughs> he keeps talking about how the doctors are amazed at Jeff's ability to carry on. Wow, how, how does he do it? How does he do it? <laughs> Oof. Incredible kicks him in his gay-making ribs and gets a tough uh, kick out, out of his out-of-the-corner powerbomb. That like just incredible. There's one move you do every match, and I can't do the mega tombstone he's doing ECW. Aww. Raven works over Jeff, but manages the hot tag to Matt in a role reversal. Crowd definitely prefers the other version of Jeff getting the hot tag, because it's like, all right, yeah, Jeff's here. Second rope, leg drop with added, uh, sets up a twist of fate. But Just Incredible gets a well-timed super kick, the block. Fantastic. Everybody gets one, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> JC goes for his own, but Matt counters to push JC into Raven on the apron to get their own twist of fate. And a Swanton bomb and wait, 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 wait. This can't be right, Tom. The Hardys win against the new tag team's debut on SmackDown. In the opening match. And then lead it, even gets a twist of fate on Terry. What the hell's going on? It's almost like they're fighting the Alliance, who are doomed losers. <laughs> can't beat Head Cheese. Can't beat Lowdown. Can't beat TNA. Can beat Raven just in Two incredible. former ECW champions. Yeah, fucking have them. Yeah. Three quarters of this match would would end up as ECW champions? Yes. <laughs> yeah, fact. Would end up, yes. You're right. <laughs> Austin heads to the Alliance dressing room and vows to smash anyone who says anything to him about what happened on Raw. And Austin's just full-on psycho, insecure mode here because <sighs> no one wants to look at him. So everyone's just looking down at their feet and he's like, <laughs> get, get in their <laughs> face. <laughs> like your dog. Like your dog when you've got food in your plate. <laughs> 
It's the look that Pablo does on an evening. Pablo's new things to do on an evening is um, Alex will get into bed and as I'll lock the door and uh, get a glass of water, I'll come to bed and Pablo will be on my side of the bed and he'll just look at me. I was like, mate, you know the score. This is my side of the bed. You know, head down. Like, come on. And Alex is like, he can stay here. It's fine. I said, no, he can't because I can't get into bed. <laughs> he slept between us last night. It was adorable. I think because it's a bit nippy in mm. our place. We're like, we're, we've got to hit, we'll have a radiator on during the evening in the spare room because obviously we're doing all right for ourselves. <laughs> just, rather than, just rather than the cat being cold during the day, uh, we've got that. But um, this morning, I was working on my laptop. And Pablo's new favorite thing is he'll jump on the laptop. He's like, this is a warm, warm thing. Thank you. Warm on my bot, bot. Thank you. I finished my work this morning and then I went, go on then, and you're off you go. And he jumped on my laptop. And I actually left the house with my laptop still on, on the bed, as he was sat on it. I went, you can have that for the day. Just don't, don't eat the buttons. <laughs> it was nice until Pablo went, meow. Da, 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 da. <laughs> and woke you up. Steve Austin yells at a bunch of them asking if they're bothered by what happened last night. I'm a bothered. And this is, by the way, I'll point out, this is a Tuesday Smackdown. It's a live one. Now, the reason this is live, it was a decision made by UPN, WWF and Viacom just a few days beforehand because it's the MTV Music Awards on on Thursday and they want to keep the show away from it. And so they've got the two separate... So it was a and it was a, such a late decision that the TV guys all say SmackDowns on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. But so that's why the, if the viewership is is the ratings are slightly lower, it's they can say, oh, it's because we moved to Tuesday. We didn't tell anybody. Yeah. Right. But I, I like SmackDown being live. I do. Yeah. It's good live SmackDown, especially when a when the timings a hot are crowd right. like this. Yeah, with a hot yeah. crowd like this in Toronto. Yeah. Brilliant. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Austin says he begged to Kurt Angle because of Sean Stasiak. Because of Chris Canyon. Not because of Hugh Morris, though. He's not that daft. And then Chavo heads in and says, Hey, sorry I'm late. There was a traffic. And Austin says, No one else is late. And let's go, You know what? You know what? It's all right there, Chavo. Yeah, okay. Come in, come in. As soon as Chavo turns his back, he's bad, 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 bad. Bad as him like your mum's dinner. Chavo gets thrown into a couch, a plant, then half a wall. You're pathetic, yells Austin. It was an interesting bit. Obviously, setting up what's going to happen later on and getting some more character work with Austin. Obviously, just not pretend the thing that happened on Raw did not happen on Raw. Unless you're obviously live in the arena. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. And I also liked how this was one long bit with no camera cuts. Yeah. I like it when we do this. Let's go back to these days. It feels more organic. Yeah. Like a camera has burst in mm-hmm. and it's just capturing the moment. When you start doing multicam stuff, like I think you lose that rough. I mean, some some segments will benefit from multi-camera things. This didn't need a multi-camera yeah. effort. It was like somebody had followed, taken a camera and followed Austin into the Alliance locker room, and just and the, and, and it was a shaky cam because it was chaotic. Taz on commentary going, "Tough love, Cole. I've been there." I'm like, oh, Taz, mm. who two years ago was going, "I will choke out Steve Austin in a minute." Yeah. Like, oh dear, Austin's right to choke him. Austin's brilliant. You are right. At the same time, he is really. Getting into his Taz character he now. He is. He's he getting is. it. We're seeing the very, very slow start of what is going to be a wonderful career. Yes, indeed. We love, love Taz. Taz. We do love Taz, don't You'd we? You fat bloke. <laughs> you think you know me reveals Christian to not much pop considering it's Canada land. Oh, we find out why. On Raw, Edge wrestled Lance Storm. The chairs got involved, so Christian ran out to help his brother. But after a big hug, Christian officially turns on Edge and smashes him with the chair and follows up with a one-man concerto. It is the end of Edge and Christian. And it's a big shame it didn't happen during any other time when the Alliance is soaking up most of the uh, attention. Christian says Raw was on the best nights of his life. Up there with moving to Florida. And a really Toronto-sounding asshole chant breaks out. So I've typed it, asshole, asshole. <laughs> Christian says he's always just liked teaming with his bro because it's always been E and C, Edge and Christian, Edge and his brother. Why doesn't he get to go first? I'm special. I know I am. Christian asks where Edge was for him when he wrestled The Rock for the WCW title on Raw, which Christian did not win. Why wasn't he there? Oh, I know, because it would have killed Edge to have seen his brother wearing singles gold. Asshole, asshole. Christian says Edge and this city deserve one another because they're so selfish. Why are you so selfish, huh? I don't need you, Edge. I don't even need you for a concerto. I proved that last night. The only thing I need from you is your intercontinental title. I think I know you. As as last night proved, you so don't need me. Taz laughs and loves it. Me too. I was not aware of how good this promo was this until was I watched it. This was so good because it was Christian, and, and it's the the Summer Simons. You've got the, the those those best sort of. Um, egomaniacal heels that's a better word for it narcissistic heels are the ones that will point out all the faults in someone else when they are the same faults that they have so Edge may as well have been Christian may have been describing himself when he was describing Edge like beat for beat for beat it was 
perfect. Christian's really fucking good. And and, and I feel like there's a, there's a sect of people that will bang the Christian drum for all eternity because he's so good. Like, yep. even this year, it was, he, he was part of a phenomenal heel turn with mm. a phenomenal promo. And this is like over a dec- over, over two decades on yeah. from that. And he's just great. A bit weird, though. He couldn't do the same promos he did with Jungle Boy of Edge, though. Hey, Edge, I'm going to have sex with your mom. <laughs> That's your mom. What? <laughs> oh, oh yeah, right. Oh. Dave Meltzer in The Observer wrote, I like the idea of Christian um, because he's a hell of a worker, colourful, a great interviewer, getting the big singles push with a makeover of sorts after switching sides. Wait, wait. This is really funny if you might you keep talking about actual Christ. <laughs> He's talking about Christ getting getting the IC title and maybe having Tory Wilson or Stacey Keebler <laughs> as a valet to create a new main event singles package for Christ. The more Christ gets over as a main eventer, the more Edge <laughs> will get over in his new hot face role. The, the Sorry. <laughs> Melter talks like and, and it's and it's funny because like hindsight's always twenty twenty. <clears throat> we knew that WWF were keen on Edge as a single star. The fact that he became the IC champion, mm-hmm. the fact they filmed commercials recently with just Edge in them. Mm-hmm. But Dave Meltzer's going, actually, you know what? If Edge isn't careful, Christian's going to come out as the star here. Mm. And and I would like to think at this point, it was it could have gone either way. Even though WWF always had their you know their la- their, their their laser lights locked on Edge being a top guy. Christian certainly gave them... Certainly tried to play spoiler. Certainly tried to be a squeaky wheel. Yeah. And I like that. It's nice, though, when it's a rare example of both guys leaving a really hot tag team and both guys looking like stars in the process. Yeah. Though I don't remember this feud being that good. Oh, the feud is shite. Oh, right. Well, (laughs) we'll more on that later on. The feud shit. And it's a real, real shame. But they are like some of the greatest tag teams ever when they split up, they just don't have the same chemistry. It's it's a weird anomaly. It's like the Hardys. It's like the Dudleys. It's Edge and Christian. When, they, when they're working against each other in within their bubbles, it's God, not the right. same. E, e versus C didn't work. D1 versus Bubba didn't work. And Matt versus Jeff rarely worked. And mm. even if it's just, it's kind of like, yeah. like their, their least worst match. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah, it's just it's just because you know what? Some people are just born to dance together rather than dance apart. Oh, it's true. Better lovers than fighters. Yeah, uh, but yeah, lovely promo here, and a shame to see the end of Edge and Christian. But they at this point won more tag titles than anybody in WF history. They've done everything they could. Yeah, and it was time to move on. And a hell of a we've seen like the the very highs. Uh, from I don't know the mid that they started off with, with just. Goth lads, I guess. Yeah, Gangrel's Goth Boys. Yeah, Gangrel's Goth Boys was that 99. And then having tag matches just existing and that personality change where they became Bill and Ted. And mm. yeah, to, from that to winning the tag titles to TLC to playing with Ashton Kutcher to um, having the, the Highlander lads there inexplicably. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we've seen all the great moments. And yeah, it's. it's and then we've had this slow burn thing with Christian yeah. uh, that has now been executed and off to the races we go. Everything in the build up to this has been. It couldn't have been better. It mm. couldn't have been better. It's just a real shame that the destination it isn't Disney World, it's Mr. Blobbyland in 2020. <laughs> uh, backstage, Austin is still mad at Chavo being late. <laughs> Sean Stasiak shows up to, again. Get a nice pop. <laughs> Lovely pop for sure. Oh, it's me, Sean Sajak. Crowd, yay! Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> Meat's getting a pop. 
Sean Stajak brings him some coffee to cheer Austin up. Austin's like, oh, thank you. Uh, Austin drinks it, but it's hot. So he throws it in the meat's face and then he batters him with one shot. <laughs> Steve yells at Deborah, get a paramedic. And Deb asks, what, do you think Stajak could be okay? Austin goes, I don't care. I think I'll burn my mouth. <laughs> Big okay, laugh from the crowd. That was funny. That was funny. Austin's in rare form tonight. It's great. Yeah. And there's only one thing to follow, burnt meat. And that is Stacker 2. <laughs> with the commercial featuring Taz and Paulie Walnuts from The Sopranos. <laughs> hustling a truck of their Stacker 2. Yes. This is Bloody brilliant. Hell. In 01. That's, uh, Sopranos is huge at this point. It's so. brilliant. It's brilliant. It's such a great coup to get that. Yeah. Taz and Paulie Walnuts. I'm so happy. I had no idea this existed until like, like it was like, hey. no, no, do you not remember it? Um, I remember like, I didn't remember at the time somebody knew what The Sopranos was, but then like someone's like, you know, clip stuff on Twitter and stuff. It was like a few years ago. Wait, wait, what? Paulie Walnuts? And ta- <laughs> no. It was, yeah, we did a shoot together and all this. And it's good because Paulie Walnuts at one point just goes, come on, let's go Taz. He's like, he says Taz. <laughs> Like Taz is now canon. Yeah, for the Sopranos, the Sopranos universe, Taz is real. <laughs> you can watch. I'm just checking. You can watch it uh, on the uh, on the on the YouTube. It still exists there, uh, which is excellent. <laughs> so, hang on, Tony Sirico Stacker Two adds married WWE to the mob. Uh, this is a, there's an article about it on Fanvite. There's an article. There's an article oh, all about it on Fanvite. Uh, they're very very excited <laughs> about it. Oh, because he passed um, away this year. He did indeed, bless him. We lost him this year. So hang on, I'll pull, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up the commercial. Uh, you'll be able to watch along with us. It's amazing how cutting edge they were at this point in 01. So, yeah, oh, so. yeah, they were, they were on it. <laughs> I just realized that my phone was still connected to my Bluetooth headphones upstairs. So anybody sat near my desk has just heard, Hey, yo, duck hey, yo. <laughs> hey, yo, t- let's go, Tage. Anyway, so, yeah, so they're in a... Oh, McTabble. <laughs> and he's inexplicably dressed in his suit to do this. Joey, Joey Numbers! <laughs> there you go, that truck somehow didn't see that car from 100 feet away. <laughs> Capiche! Capiche! So yeah, they're all, it's just like two jabronis <laughs> pulled out of Puerto Rico. Talking to him again, Polly Walnuts inexplicably out doing business in his full suit in the summer heat with Taz <laughs> wearing one of those giant leather duster coats and his orange shirt with his name on it. <laughs> I'm undercover. That's the best part in it. Taz is undercover, <laughs> where wearing his own gear. No one will suspect. No one's gonna spot me. Hey, I got some of those other lesser brands. You will ask. Hey, forget about it. What about you? Taz? I got stacker too. Hey. As I said last week, uh, Taz is so small and fat now. If he took too much stack or two, he might disappear. <laughs> I'm so happy that. I, I, I did try and find an interview with Taz talking about it. I couldn't find anything written about it. I just know it's really bloody good. I asked him this week on Twitter just because he was talking about. Oh, did you ask him about someone, it? Someone, he did. Taz regularly goes on Twitter and goes, oh, the fans and people who know this stuff think that if you're not in the business and all this other stuff. So I just said, Taz, did you buy that submarine you were talking about on AW? <laughs> Did he reply? Well, no, because he said that he didn't use it enough, so the battery kept on going, so he's looking to get an electric one instead. Oh. I don't know if that was just him Googling submarine advice. Can you ask him if he, if he ended up shifting all that stacker too? 
Would you use a submarine to get rid of Stacker too? Can you tweet Larry Taz? Larry King asks Taz, would you use the submarine? Tweet Taz and ask him if he shifted all that Stacker too for us. <laughs> if enough people hit him with it, he'll do it. He'll do it. I got a tweet from Universal Pictures this week. <laughs> what did they have to say? Because I tweeted a clip from uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, yes. The movie. There's a bit in the movie where the Grinch swings uh, from a tree uh, on top of uh, Mount Crumpet. And it looks like he's giving the tree an RKO because <laughs> the way he swings his legs out. So I put out a tweet saying, it's not Christmas until the Grinch RKOs a tree. And I put Cole's, Michael Cole's commentary over the top of it. And they retweet and they tweeted it saying, we'd love a Grinch wrestling promotion <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, uh... breaking news, Universal Pictures. <laughs> Look to start festive wrestling promotion. I'm the guy running this account. I know nothing about wrestling. Thank you very much. I did look at it. I was like, Ben next Alex. I went, I've got a tweet from Universal. And she went, is it anything to do with fucking Barry? I was like, oh, I wish it was. Her biggest fear is that the is Barry the Shark goes mega. And I end up getting a net mega shark. series. Mega shark. Her biggest fear... Because she went, that's so fucking stupid. Her biggest fear is that, like, yeah, we end up getting like a TV series of Barry the Shark in. It's just like, fuck, why are people humoring you? That was it. When, when we released them and we were selling out of them. Why are people humoring you? I don't understand. Because people are great. They are great. We're very lucky to have everybody and who doesn't send emails that are war and peace length. And Barry went, hey, forget about it. <laughs> Stacker 2 uh, presents Stephen Richards, Stephen kicking Undertaker to stop him from beating Test on Raw. Stephen Richards then shows up on SmackDown to challenge Undertaker to a match now. Thank you, Stacker 2, for, in <laughs> for endorsing merciless crime violence. Aww. Stephen wonders why he did that thing we just saw, and he brings up The Undertaker being the reason the RTC is dead. Undertaker is the reason the RTC, a.k.a. his friends, a.k.a. his family, all turned on him and beat him up. I was like, wow, we got like back-to-back, -back, if you ignore Stacker 2, really good reasons for something happening. Oh. Christian has, there is enough what Christian was saying to be believable, because obviously Edge has won the IC title and Christian hasn't. Mm. And now Steve Rich is like, yeah, he did kill my, my family. <laughs> Maybe not so much that. Uh, Undertaker shows up with his team of Limp Biscuit and Bike. <laughs> As the commentators wonder why Stephen would dare challenge the modern-day Hogan <laughs> to a match right here on SmackDown. Stephen runs out the ring immediately and Undertaker chases him. Uh, Stephen grabs a chair and Taz suggests, hey, pick up two of them. <laughs> like stack or two. Ah. Undertaker continues to chase Stephen as he just bats him Pats the chair in his face, but not hitting him like Wendy in The Shining. <laughs> and I just typed it. I just remembered where this is going. Stephen points and goes, hey, look behind you. And Undertaker's like, I'm not falling for that. And he's like, no, really? And Undertaker turns around to see Big Brian Adams of Chronic. Whoa, it's Crush! What are you doing here? Brah. Who Bra. kicks down The Undertaker's bike, brah. And then... Brian Clark. <gasps> Adam a, Bob! What are you doing here? To a big-ass pop arrives to give The Undertaker all his wrath. I do not remember the big pop for Chronic or the fan sign that's in the crowd. That's either 
a plant, or Mystic Meg is a wrestling fan. Undertaker takes Because we've the, heard nothing about Chronic coming in. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker takes the high times. They gave a little choke slam. That was their finisher because I did not know this as a kid that Chronic is a slang for weed. Mm. So I just thought Chronic is in Chronic pain. But those of you did go hard with these two big lads being into weed mm. in a really forced way that didn't really work for me. Um, so I look at these two guys and I think there's one drug you're both on, lads, and it ain't weed. Uh, Brian Adams shows off his athleticism, which you can't say very often about him because he was rubbish, uh, by vaulting over the ropes to the floor, uh, escaping out the match, showing more agility and style than anything you do in that match that we have to come later on. What say you about this, Tom? So, um, Undertaker, a comment about the Undertaker from The Observer. They're trying to get Taker over as a, as a submission guy, but the crowd has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Suck that in. Um, I got really excited to see Chronic turn up because they, they felt like actual WCW guys. I was like, this is what we need more of, like actual mm. WCW guys. So I was really buzzing to see him. And uh, Stephen Richards is their manager. I'm not against either. I remember Stephen Richards, uh, the promo where he was like, and I, th- I remember thinking, why is he so like, I, th- I had a feeling in my waters when I watched this first time around, someone's going to come out and save him. And I thought, is this a right to censor reunion in the middle of the Alliance thing? I said, no, it was, it was chronic. RTC 2000. No. Putting the band back together again. Don't threaten me with a good time. Uh, on chronic's WWF run, Brian Clark told the uh, Shining Wizards podcast, uh, Brian wanted to go a lot more than I did. <laughs> I told Brian, and we talked about this. Hang on, can you use their surnames? Because the oh, sorry. The book I, Brian. I told Brian, Ad- Brian Adams wanted to go a lot more than I did. I told Brian Adams, and we talked about this. I thought we should go to Japan. He, however, is friends with The Undertaker. So he thought maybe we should go to Vince. We both left uh, WCW, and we always had that unsettling heat when we got to the WWF. We just felt like, and I even felt like, and he did once we got there, this was not a good idea. They did a hot shot of an angle. Kane had a big staff infection and Taker had a shoulder injury. I had a broken neck. We were just banged up. A broken neck? (laughs) They didn't give us the time. And I said, hey, let's go on the road for a little bit and get a feel for each other versus just, instead of just hot shotting it. Uh, That basically is the run of Chronic in a nutshell. But the start point is that Brian Adams was like, let's go to the WWF. Brian Clark was like, I think we should go to Japan. I think we'll do better in Japan but you can't have one go one way, one go the other. They're an act. So they went, all right, well, let's, okay, I'll trust you, Brian Adams, because Undertaker's your mate. He'll look after us, surely. Fucking hell. It's the same thing that, very similar that would happen with Triple H and Scott Steiner. Well, this would be good. Um, you don't need any practice or get in a ring shape or get, again, get used to how the WF style works, mm-hmm. lads. No, we know how it works. I mean, when we're both here and we're both rubbish. Actually, I, I hate saying that because Brian Adams was cack, but Brian Clark, God, did he get effed over in every company? He really did. Adam Adam Bomb, in brackets, ED on the end. Uh, then Roth. I really, yeah, he was kind of like in the shadow of Kevin Nash the whole time because he yeah. came in as Adam Bomb when he was doing the power bomb, and then it was like, we're going to give that to Diesel. Yep. Okay, do something else. Oh, this isn't working. Bye. And he went to WCW as Wrath, and Kevin yeah. Nash turned up and was like. Yeah, I don't like him. Yeah, because he's a big guy. And then Chronic is like, well, at least that's something. And they, <laughs> and he comes in has the worst match of the year by far. It's like that's the come next May. year. Like I want to go to Japan. I don't like WWF. Like, <laughs> don't make me go back to a dark place. <laughs> yeah, but me mates can get us really good jobs there. 
Oof. He's my mate, I promise. Yeah, good times. Shane and Booker, go bother bloody Regal in his bloody war room, bloody hell. <laughs> Shane tells Regal that Shane has power over the booking for his titles in a very roundabout way of saying, shut up, Regal, we're booking this match. Booker poses in front of Regal before yelling, Rock stole my title, sucker. The crowd laughs every time he yells sucker, which is every <laughs> 10 seconds. Shane wants a handicap match at Unforgiven for the WWE title. Uh, sucker. Laugh. Regal apparently defers and tells them, all right, all right, fine, we'll do it, we'll do it. Okay, cool. Now sod off. <laughs> uh, so thank God we're getting Booker T and Shane McMahon, the, the top WCW stars, to face The Rock for the WCW title. Fucking hell. This feels like the, the, the Booker T that we come to know and love in WCW. In, sorry, in WWE at this yeah. point. Like, when he came in, he was a little bit softer spoken, a little bit sort of more reserved. <clears throat> like a fighting champion. Yeah, guy, like, yeah. I'm just here to fight. Whereas this is, like, where he's just, like, shouting words, yeah. sucker, yeah. He's like, Oh, it's all catchphrases and stuff now, right? And just being a bit silly. Okay, that's I, I can do that. So yeah. he's leaned into the style quite nicely. Because getting used to the WWF style isn't just about getting to know the, the dimensions of the ring. There's a lot more to it, isn't yeah. there? Yeah. And I think they're also like, uh, book's not very good. The C chronic. Wow, Booker, did you just like suddenly get way way better for like no reason? What happened? Like, how did that happen? The <laughs> so chronic just showed up and oh. suddenly you look amazing. Suddenly everything Hang feels on. much better. But if Sean Stasiak is underrated, if you ask me. <laughs> we get a replay of Chronic and Cole asks, Was it a setup by Steven? No. Nothing gets past that man, eh? Fuck me. <laughs> Imagine if it wasn't. How fortuitous that Chronic oh, would turn up in that moment. Best goalkeeper in the business. <laughs> Austin is still complaining about his burnt mouth with Deborah. Debs tells him to go talk to his public because obviously Debs knows all, everything about that. <laughs> Debs says it's okay because they're foreigners. <laughs> they need reason. Crowd cheered Austin at the start and then booed Debs. Debs' accent is so strong, I legitimately don't know if she was saying foreigners or farmers. Or <laughs> they're foreigners! They're foreigners! I mean, both could apply, I guess. <laughs> They're farmers and farmers. A crowd like, we don't know what you said. <laughs> boo, hitty pet, boo. Anyway, never mind that. Test is here. Evil test. The Alliance stood, <laughs> as Cole calls him. <laughs> That's right. He's here. He's here. He's going to fuck your gear. He's going to fuck your gear. Taz prods Cole about being jealous. Because he's not the WWE stud, I guess. <laughs> Tess has taken on the one Billy Gunn yes. in the battle of who's the most 2001-ish. <laughs> <laughs> nice pop for the artist formerly known as Ass. They wrestle as Taz wonders if the crowd understands English. Oh. Crowd chants for RVD for some reason. Uh, these two have really lost the crowd and in a rare moment on SmackDown, WF do not try and change or alter the crowd noise. Billy counters a pump handle into a neckbreaker. Both men then both land twill-to-world attempts, which are impressive as hell considering both men's size. Billy goes for the famous uh, and Test simply kicks him in the fucking face <laughs> to end it and get the crowd back on their side. Bloody hell, the crowd were giving him nothing and were chanting for RVD, but then Test and Billy Gunn were able to get them back into it with the moves they were doing to each other and with that big boot finished. 2001 test is unstoppable. Not a, once they got going, not a bad match. Yeah, had a had a bum middle, 
but picked up right near the end. I didn't think Good I'd be them. saying stuff like this about Test or Billy Gunn in the no. singles match at 01, but yeah, kind of like, whoa, for the finish. Fucking Billy Gunn. Having a Billy Go. Brilliant. <laughs> Billy Go gruff. <laughs> Austin shows up, appearing in front of the crowd, oh, hears the noise, and immediately leaves. <laughs> that was so good! He walked out, looked at the crowd, and fucked up! The music stopped, the Tron disappeared! <laughs> like the end, of, like the end of Raw. I kind of wish they'd left it at that. He comes back, looking concerned at the number of signs mocking Austin for what happened on Raw. <laughs> Austin said he's only here because you're all foreigners, and hey, 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 put those fingers down, he yells at someone <laughs> off camera. Austin is disgusted by how bloodthirsty the crowd were during Angle's attack. Austin can't believe how bloodthirsty the Torontonians are. He asks if they want to see Angle throw Austin off a bridge. If so, give me a hell yeah. And they bloody do it too. So Austin just goes, what, 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 what? And they go, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. And he goes, ah, you idiot. You're only doing what I want you to do. Carl's like, we don't care. Angle interrupts. Carl's like, yay, serial killer cut Angle. Cool cool cut. He'll kill you. Interrupts and says he doesn't care if Austin forgives him. But let's watch the highlights from last night anyway, which obviously half the crowd weren't able to do. Crowd chants, Austin begged. <laughs> That's good. Fuck. Austin begged. And goes, you know what? Yeah, stop, 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 Austin. We're going to show some more clips. And it's Austin crying and going to the paddle and pool and everything else. Austin denies everything that happened, but Angle wats him before he can say any more. And Austin sells it like, you know, Kurt Henning taking a bump. <laughs> what, off the airport? Off the, off the, off the bounce chair. <laughs> Kurt Henning, right, got catapulted into that bounce chair, landed on the tip. <laughs> That's okay. So was it here? No. <laughs> Perfect on a front flip in front of everybody. <laughs> Front flip at the counter. <sighs> Kurt Angle says he can't wait to show a different side of him to Austin on pay-per-view, and the music plays him out. A lovely bit of character work here from both men. Oh, my God, with, phenomenal. With Austin just, you know, being this big, insecure mess, it was a rough start to begin with, with the Austin Heel character, but now they're nailing it completely. It's one of the saving graces of the, this whole Alliance storyline. These two uh, are the best in the industry right now, in 2001. They are the, the absolute best. They were the industry. Well, they, I mean, yeah, they were better than anything in MECW, better they, than XPW, they literally better than Zandig in CZW. They literally CZW. were the industry. Jesus! They literally were the industry at this point. Yeah. They literally were the industry. Austin is, is incredible. Kurt Angle is on another level. Oh, the best feud in the business. Yeah. Bar none. I fully agree. In the Alliance locker room, Austin is so mad, he yells at everyone again. Why decides, is he wet? Mm? He was soaking wet when he walked in. He's trying to get rid of that burnt mouth, remember? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. Is, 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 is That's what you do with a burn. You cover yourself, your entire body in water. Still, he looked wetter than he did when he was out there. <laughs> Man's sweating. <laughs> He's got PTSD from Monday. Oh, Inside, you know what? I need to vent. I need to get rid of some steam, Bennett. And I need to beat up someone. And gets everyone's face and goes, oh, should be you, should be you. And again, everyone's just like, I'm not going to not get involved. And he goes, all right. First son of a bitch who walks through that door is getting his ass kicked. And the lion's like, uh, yeah, great idea, Austin. Mm -hmm. Because it means they're not going to get beat up. 
uh, light RVD chants at this point. Yeah, and the crowd like, no, nah, and the real goes, all right, we'll come back to this just to build mm. tension. And it's just a shot of the door that's shut. Yeah. And that's all that needs to get the crowd. Going. All right. So while that's building up heat, what should we do? I know. Let's cook. Here's The Rock. Lillian asks The Rock about the handicap match, and Rock is upset that Lillian is now all business. She's Barbara Walters. What about asking The Rock about his pancakes? And never mind those pancakes. Rock knows Lillian has feelings for The Rock. Rock knows you think about The Rock and get that funny feeling when she thinks about him. Admit it, Lillian. Lillian goes to bed dreaming about marrying The Rock and becoming Lillian Roxia. <laughs> you get wet. <laughs> with perspiration. Standing this close to The Rock, crowd really enjoyed that. Rock says he knows Lillian likes pie. But does Lillian want to try some of The Rock's strudel? She thinks about it and says, more than anything in the world, Rock. And The Rock takes the microphone around and says, what's wrong with you, Lillian? I've just been informed I have a handicapped title match and the only thing you can think about is dessert. A little professionalism, please, Lillian. Crowd pops like nothing on earth. I was really disappointed that when Lillian went more than you could ever know, the crowd said nothing. Like they were really annoyed that she had caved. Like, yeah. uh, but then they come back when The Rock goes, yeah. oh, oh, get on me, you yeah. freak. The Rock at first, Booker is gay for him and Shane. So Rock wants him to hurry up and make a baby. Little Booker Mac. First words out of his mouth. Can you dig it, sucker? If you smell... Hey, Lillian. Stop thinking about the people's Struder. Look up here. Is cooking. What a fucking banger. <laughs> great, wasn't it? It was great. Because you're there like, Rock, like, come on, Rock. They'll be like, hey, hey. Let's have sex, woman. Like, all right, 2001. And he's like, it's all a set of, it's a set of all no, no, no. Lillian, what are you talking about? We're talking about the, this important matches announced. What's wrong with you? Oh, my God. Lillian was great here. Yeah, Lillian was great. Uh, Lillian was interviewed by TalkSport, and she was asked about this particular promo. Of and, course. And, and, and she said, like, every time she went with The Rock, it was just a laugh. Like she, they, the moment the camera went off, they both burst out laughing. But she was, she got mad props for how she could hold it together, especially when the Rock would just like ad lib stuff by going, "You're wet with perspiration," and she just held her shit. Oh, it's great! A, a very memorable Rock promo. A very oh. memorable bit of Rock business here. Yeah, it's only because he's wrestling Booker T. He's not the best at the business right now. But God, the good, SmackDown's back, baby. Mm. Meanwhile, in the Legion of Doom, uh, the Austin is still waiting for someone to open the door. And Austin gets sick of waiting, simply opens the door and sees who's there. Uh, just like Noel's house party. Look who it is! Rob Van Dam. Giant pop. Yeah, monster pop for Van Dam. They, Austin goes, I'm sick of, yeah, as he goes, like, I'm sick of waiting in here. I'm going to go out and find someone. And as he opens the door, Rob Van Dam's in the doorway. Oh, I'm like, oh that's great. Great result. Big love for Van Damme at this point. RVD late again. <laughs> Clearasil, Foot Locker, and Lugs look good wearing your spotty shoes. <laughs> Sponsored the next bollocks. <laughs> spotty shoes. A spotty man well, brought you know him to life with his <laughs> cosmic dust. <laughs> Taz is Stackerman. <laughs> With the power of two men. Uh, two strong men. 
strong, man. Sorry. I love that you start off with a 70s reference. And I was like, come on, Tom, bring it together. Now I'm, I think I'm roughly the 60s. Roughly. We're going back. We'll be making jokes about the Big Bang by the time the series ends. No, 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 the Big Bang, not the Fat Bang. <laughs> Tom, don't fall off the chair. Don't fall off the chair. You're not, you're not Mr. Perfect at an airport. Stop trying to take a bump. The hurricane is here. And he pities Toronto as they don't have a superhero. Even Vince Carter, who can fly, is not a superhero. Like a pop for Vince Carter. Even I know who Vince Carter is. Play El Toronto. He offers an open shot to anybody tonight for his European title. A super open challenge to any vile villain. Yeah, we're not doing justice in how he's talking. And it is. <laughs> well, it's nothing in this imperial universe exactly, but apart from the Big Bang himself. <laughs> The first disappointment. <laughs> Behold, the first disappointment. <laughs> to ever exist. God saw it and thought it was crap. Ugh. And again, show is here and he's over. Yeah, very Everybody over. in the show is over again for no reason. Billy Good was over on this Calendar, show. Isn't it? Yep. Hurricane revs up his shoulder charges to try and take down Big Show by doing his pose. And Toronto already love Hurricane after two weeks. What we say last week, it was the first proper week of Hurricane existing yes, as a concept. And the crowd were like, uh-huh. And you say, like, oh, it won't take that long, maybe a few months. I remember it will take two weeks. One Raw and one SmackDown later, and there he is. Fully into it. <laughs> Helms tries to confuse show by pointing up, but then tries to get a grapple from behind. It doesn't go anywhere. Show misses a leg drop, so Helms goes for a slam, and the crowd are loving this. Just the idea of him trying to slam Big Show is enough to get the crowd laughing their asses off. <laughs> Helms goes to the top rope and dives right into Show's arms. Helms tries to choke someone on Big Show, which doesn't go well for him. So Show tries his own. And then Lance interferes to help his teammate for the DQ to retain the European title, of course. And then Big Show slams both of them to send everyone home happy. What a sweet little match here between mm. Hurricane. And again, the only thing that was in the pop from trying to do the body slam on him was the choke slam attempt. And, that, and he will, he'll come back to the chokeslam yes, on multiple occasions. I believe the first time he hits a chokeslam, he wins another title. Oh, I hope so. I believe that's what happens. That's years to come, though. Fun fact. The Big, big show, show is fat. Is <laughs> fat fact. Um, fact hunt. Top three things Big Show has eaten. Girls allowed. Pull. Oh, sorry, it's Guru Larry, so it's like, Peter Molyneux, disappointment. <laughs> He's eating Peter Molyneux. The last noise he made was, as Big Show's put it in his mouth, he went, do 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 Hello, you. That was a great fact, Tom. Thanks for sharing. I finished yet. Big Show has challenged for the European Championship three times in his career. Oh. He has won all three matches by DQ. Oh. First was against Dino Brown in 99, which we covered on the SmackDown review many years ago. The second was against Matt Hardy on Raw back in June, and then this one. And he'll never challenge for the European title again. <laughs> it's too big for Europe. Wow. <laughs> yeah, Europe. 
Clear as hell. Ironically, sponsors the spot of the night, and it's not the one on Christian's forehead. Oh, no. God, it's massive. <laughs> it's The Rock being a Booker T. Again. <laughs> Clearasil, which cannot be used to wipe away signatures on a WF contract, we know as Booker tried. <laughs> Time for the eight-man match. The APA, Jericho, and The Rock take on the Alliance. The Alliance all get bodies by Drowning Pool for their collective theme. Ha ha ha, get fucked, Booker. Now, I think there's, there's, there's two schools of thought here. It's either like a united front for the Alliance... To make a point, mm. or because it's a live smackdown, they're very conscious of time. <laughs> Probably the second one. Probably right? the second one, I don't know. Farouk and Devon take on each other as the crowd is too distracted to chant, You screwed Brett at Hebner. Oh, oh well, can't beat the classics, eh? <laughs> Bubba and Devon double team Rock because he knows he actually needs to sell to get heat in this match because he's the Rock. <laughs> Booker comes in to get serious heat from the crowd. This crowd's even taking Booker seriously. I love Toronto. They're Jericho takes out Booker with a lion salt. Rhino comes charging in and gets taken out with a spine buster. So Farouk takes a 3D. Bradshaw takes out Devon with a clothesline from Toronto to another big pop. And Booker, te- uh, Booker tries a rock bottom on Rock when he's not supposed to. So the Rock's like, no, 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 dickhead. I'm giving you one. <laughs> uh, Shane runs in. Jericho puts Shane in the walls like a dum-dum and then takes a gore from Rhino, who is seriously getting over with these Big ass spears. Mm. Booker then pins the bits of Jericho that are still visible <laughs> with his feet on the ropes as Rock feuds with someone on the outside. A lovely crowd reaction filled match with a hot ending, aka the Rock Smackdown special. This is pretty much the upper mid and main event scene of WWF right now, all in one match, for better or for worse. Yep. So we just keep getting different combos of that at the moment. Um, a little sort of harbinger of things. During the match, Michael Cole plugs uh, The Rock being in Houston one week from tonight at the Compact Center. The date of that show, September the 11th, 2001, uh, uh-huh. which, which we will talk about next time we're together. It, it'll, be a, it'll be a weird start to 2023 because that'll be the first episode that we cover when we come back, which is the September 11th episode. But I do believe that we should uh, talk about it and, and the impact of it and what they, you know, hindsight, how it, what they did right, what they did wrong, what went on behind the scenes, how they covered it, why they covered it. We'll do that all next year. Yeah, it could be a very, very somber edition, but... Uh, anyway, we'll still wait, bring no, some, look... something to... We'll, we'll, yeah, yeah. We'll, still, we'll still make you think, make you smile as we go, but yeah. uh, certainly we'll, we'll come at it from a very different angle when we're back. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting because it is a very important thing. It's it is nice important. to talk about because obviously you shared... It'd be a nice thing, actually, for people who are listening to this... Um, if you want to send their thing, obviously the mailbag. Yeah, uh, please do. I yeah, the memory of the event of 9-11, because it's it really is one of these things for people of a certain age. And God, if the young people listen to this, mm. we're loving the uh, references to the Game Gear bloody consoles and stuff. Um, yeah, uh, people just yeah, it's an interesting uh, interesting way people were in their perspectives because it is something that unites a lot of people. And yeah. it also weirds me out when I was hearing someone the other day. Ah, oh, my God, there's someone I know, but they're obviously younger than me. And they went. What year was 9-11 again? Was it 2000-2001? And I was just looking like, wow, you really are young to be asking. Like, you don't remember, you don't forget what year it was. Yeah, like, you really don't. Like that that date, I, is, that date just lives in infamy uh, yeah. in, in my head. But you can tell if they're young, they're having to learn about secondhand and stuff. Like, yeah. like you know, like, which, what, which year was it again? You're like, oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's so for next year. that'd be an interesting episode. Um, looking forward to it. Uh, how can we possibly top that lovely eight-man match? Oh, I know. Just to bring us to reality, and Tom's already in the process of giving himself another hernia with this. We go 
to WF New York. <laughs> Stop it, Tom. I need you to keep it together so I can keep it together. Right, right. We, go to, we go to WF New York to see who could possibly be there killing time on standby duty, I guess. Why, it's Hardcore Holly, of course, wearing his brand new Hardcore 2, the number two, bone shirt. <laughs> Looking and sounding like Bridget Nielsen in that one episode of Fantasy World Cup. <laughs> you ever seen that clip? Holy shit. Hardcore Holly stumbles and fumbles over his words and says, we haven't seen much of Hardcore Holly on TV because the Alliance haven't challenged him. All right. But Hardcore's uh, part of the reason why he stopped the Alliance. He ain't going to beg, but he'll tell anybody at the Alliance that he'll accept their challenge because they'll find out why he's called the big shot. He hasn't been called that for two years. And then the music plays him out like the Oscars because they couldn't find the wooden <laughs> stick with the curly bit on the end. Thank you, Hardcore. Holy Christ, Tom. Hardcore It's Holly. like a gift from God on this show. The, this stupid bastard. He's at <laughs> WWF New York and he's gone, right, I've not been around because no one wants to play with me. So I'll say this right now. Does everyone want to have a fight? <laughs> Stupid fucking idiot. It buries him. He thinks he's being brilliant. He's like, oh, everyone's too frightened to fight me. Mate, fucking Kai and Ty are having matches on, on telly at the moment. Fucking hell. I've like, had a few big shots. Just, I, 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 I am the big shot, Hargo Holly. Half <laughs> mm. pissed going, hey, anybody from the other... And that went, the, the fucking idiot. He went, Death's not... Let me remind you... It's because of me, the Alliance stopped invading. Mate, they have fucking invaded. They just won a match. They literally, before we came to you, won a match. And you're going, it's because of me, they're not here. They're here. They're everywhere. They, oh, hold, I... they hold most of the WWF titles. You fucking idiot. I made the WWF. <laughs> I made it. How much did you give him, Father? Just a big shot. Oh! <laughs> I took half a sip of brandy. Uh, yeah. Harley, a fucking idiot here. Absolutely fucking idiot. It. And it's just like, and let me tell you something else you hear about. <laughs> and play it <laughs> Michael Cole <laughs> says, time for the roll call for drunk enough to, sorry, beg your pardon, tough enough to, uh, this time you will not require previous wrestling experience to audition for this. Taz yells, yeah. Come get spoiled in that nice house. <laughs> Hearing Taz talk about Tough Enough is way more interesting than watching Tough Enough. Yes, I'm not is. getting any more clips of it, thankfully. <laughs> we just heard Holly calling out members of a, a company that don't want to fight him. I'm calling out any untrained children because I could beat you up then. Yeah, like Barry Windham, I might return to go, hi, I used to wrestle with you guys, but it's been tough. MECW still owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool, Barry Windham. Yeah. Oh, RVD God. and Austin are face-to-face backstage with their two belts. Such a funny image seeing the WF world title, the biggest prize in the whole game, right next to the WF hardcore title, looking which, like a piece of rubbish. Which used to be... The biggest title in hey, the No, game. no, no. That, that's been proven incorrect, Tom. Aww. We all thought it. We, you all thought it. <laughs> you are, Even my family, my immediate family thought it. Well, that's no, fine then, because when Cody brings it back next year, it'll be a fresh... <laughs> it won't be... It'll be unsullied. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Austin says tonight, his name... Sorry, Avidi's name is Kurt Angle. Avidi goes, no, I'm not Kurt Angle. I'm Rob Van Dam. It leaves. 
Austin sneers in disbelief. And here's proper Phil Mack at this point. He's like, I hate him. He works so well. He's making stars everywhere he goes, isn't he, Steve Austin? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Lugs sponsors the Boots with Attitude. And it's Austin begging in a blindfold, pleading for his life, reminding Kurt Angle he has a family to think about and please don't murder him live in front of millions of people across the world. Lugs, number one for kidnappers and coercion. Followed up of by... all the things to endorse and sponsor. Is it funny? Austin was so angry about Lugs sponsoring kidnap and coercion, he burst into the Lugs off-ed office. Which of you son bitches sponsored that? We don't know anything about Mr. Austin. He beats the shit out of three marketing employees. He goes, the next guy that walks through uh. that door. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's uh, Mike Powell from Accounts. He's moved from WWF and he's working oh, for Lugs nice, now. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? Yeah. He's doing nice. fine, yeah, he's fine. Oh. He, hasn't, he hasn't anything funny to say. Oh, he always was the setup guy for the joke, mm. not the not the funny man. Have one of those clipboards you see people working. Yeah, that's Mike Powell now. Yeah, he's working for. Is he hardly working or working hard? Uh, he, he's the sort of guy that would go, "Oh, weekend." <laughs> Don't talk to me before I've had my clipboard. <laughs> Get that on a mug immediately. Don't talk to me before I've had my clipboard. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody clipboard, man. Oh, so you and your weird jokes. Anyway, moving on from stupid tennis. Steve Austin. <laughs> By the way, we do not have a Game Boy Color or Advance in the office. We'll have, you'll out, have to. We're a bunch of fake gamers here at Triple Jump. <laughs> I'm calling you out. The one time we needed you. Ben's got hundreds of Game Boys, to be fair. Oh, sure he does. <laughs> None of them are here. I know they're all safely guarded in a in a in a vault. Sorry. My my girlfriend goes to a different school. Um, Steve Austin charges that's a joke you say at school by, uh, when you're at school by the way I'm not a bloody Lawler type Steve Austin charges RVD so quickly in their match that Austin nearly falls over the ropes getting in the ring which I think works really well for his character he's just so mad he's he just, just can't even off. think properly Austin beats RVD up until RVD gets to go forward in Zaguri I'd say the follow through in Zaguri but that brings back bad memories Austin just beats him in a simple manner which contrasts RVD's complicated style very well Avidi goes to the top and Austin pushes him off, so Avidi bashes himself on the guardrail, which he would do regularly. I think Avidi loved that bump. He really He takes it so that. well. Austin brawls of Avidi outside, but Avidi kicks him over the guardrail because he, he was in ECW, baby. I'm proud of <laughs> Taz looks on in horror, hoping Avidi does not ask him to pick a hand. Steve Austin does the RVD taunt in front of the fans, who are very vocal about all this. Shenanigans going on. RVD takes a sweet superplex off the top as Austin gets madder and madder at the crowd loving RVD. Austin mockingly goes for the Bret Hart elbow off the second rope because fuck you, Canada, but then <laughs> changes mind and goes for a stomp instead. Oh, I'm loving this run right now. It's brilliant. RVD counters a suplex on the outside and gives one to Austin, which I'm surprised at because, like, isn't Austin's neck bad? Yeah, I'll take a suplex on the outside, Neil Roos. Steve somehow shrugs that brutal spot away presumably due to Clearasil. <laughs> RVD continues to get battered until RVD pushes away a stunner attempt, but Austin gets his knees up on a rolling thunder. So Austin gets a chair and brings in the ring, and RVD lands the WWF's first Van Daminator. Yeah, there it is! Austin shrugs that off, Jesus, but RVD pushes him away, but misses the frog splash to end the match with the stunner. No, wait. Austin changes his mind after giving the stunner and goes for an ankle lock instead. But the entrance timing is a bit off as Austin has to immediately stop what he's doing to look in the correct direction, even though Angle's not there yet and it's just his music and it 
feels a bit quick, quick, quick. Uh, RVD schools Austin for the pin as he's very quickly distracted by Kurt Angle and not his music. And then RVD pins him with this to end this to a big, oh my God, he actually did it, Pop. Kurt Angle comes to gloat. He's a gloater, you see. To end the show, screwy finish aside, hell of a match and a hell of an episode of SmackDown. Yeah, great match in Austin and uh, Van Damme. First of a couple that they're going to have in this particular season. Uh, great to see Van Damme getting the, the, the love in the main event. Yep. Uh, he, he took a bit of a wanky stunner, though, let's all be honest. He kind of ragdolled yeah. the stunner. <laughs> Notoriously underselling RVD. <laughs> yes. Uh, Angle, oh, sorry, Van Damme's never good at taking a stunner, though. That's something that will come back. Oh, he takes oh, a couple like, of... I didn't actually th- notice it until you've... Uh... You watch every time Van Damme takes a stunner. Like, he doesn't quite know how to go... He doesn't go down on his knees for it. He kind of goes to lie flat each time and it's a bit like you know he's it's it's, it's, it's very, very ragdolly as he comes down he sells it he just just goes in a, in a really weird way almost as bad as Vince did at Wrestlemania earlier this year um what did you remember from this episode oh mate where do you even begin yeah so many memorable moments uh I, I remember the <laughs> the Lillian Garcia interview that's that is it. That's the that's the, just, the daddy of all rock promos. That is. I also remember the RVD shock pin as well. I mean, there's a lot of this episode that are very memorable. And wanting RVD to come through the door, falling flat, hook, line, and sinker as mm. a kid going. Oh, sorry, hook, line, and stinker because obviously DDP is there in the shadows. <laughs> um, wanting RVD to come out and batter Austin, and then, oh my god, I got what I wanted! Fantastic, yay! The Rock Lillian thing I remember very fondly, definitely. Um, in terms of stuff I forgot, I actually forgot how we got into Austin RVD. The door ah. thing, I, well, I kind of got the vibe when I looked around the room and went, oh, okay, Van Damme is not there. That's probably how we get there. But I've forgotten the setup. Austin just being beautifully, ridiculously wild all night, sweet but psycho mm-hmm. all evening long, and leading to putting over Rob Van Damme in a, in a, in a really fun main event. What did you forget? Sean Stajak being over. <laughs> There's the last, no way this is just a Toronto thing. The very last time that Sean Stajak got a pop. Well, yeah. I'm a, oh, no, Planet Stajak. He'll get some love for Planet Stajak in a year. I hope it's a SmackDown episode where he tries to attack The Rock and The Rock just sidesteps and continues talking and doing his interview. Oh, that's happened. No, he did the one where he beat him. Oh. In a match and then carried on his promo with Booker. But we haven't had the one where he's back. I remember the scene, the, the clip of it, but come over to a Raw SmackDown where he's just like, like Lillian, let me tell you something on this match. If you smell, ah! smash, smash in the ah. world behind. What the rock is cooking. It's like that. I imagine we'll get that on this Alliance run <laughs> because Planet Stasiak is a Raw exclusive. So we never get to talk about Planet Stasiak. Yeah. Because he never goes to SmackDown. Uh, but we'll talk about... But hey, that's to talk about next year. That concludes your Cult High Classic Smackdown review for 2022. Join us uh, over Christmas for the Cult High Classic review Christmas special. Ooh. We recorded it this past week, and I'll be with you very soon. How exciting. Uh, the Cult High Classic podcast is on your feed right now. Uh, Culties coming up? Yes, they've been pre-recorded as well. Thankfully, currently... I've aged well. <laughs> but it is still 2022. Anything can happen. Anything uh, can happen. And also my mum says, uh, Matthew, are you podcasting? Yes, I'll give you a ring afterwards. If it's not too late or too cheeky, please can you give a shout out to Ialando, the open reach guy who fixed our broadband on Tuesday and is now a new listener to the podcast. Well, there's your new Hall of Fame nominee. Thanks, Ialando. <laughs> oh, God, of course my mum's like, 
Do you like wrestling? No, I fucking uh, hate it. Do you love my son's podcast? Oh, God. She's fixing you up, isn't she? <laughs> yeah, send us a picture of Orlando. Yeah, do it. He's just like a really handsome man. If you think I look good in a podcast, wait to see oh, me in real life, mate. Oh, what a treat. Uh, at this point, I say thank you to Matthew for another wonderful year of the classic SmackDown review. Likewise, What mate. a joy. How what sweet it is to come Be loved here every by week. you. Oh, how sweet it is to come um, uh, every week and do something with someone that you like so much and enjoy so much and is thankfully enjoyed by some people, including Matt LeBlanc and Mr. Midas. Matt LeBlanc, Mr. Midas, and at least nine women. That's right. Uh, <laughs> along with Charlie Brown, Woodstock, <laughs> Lucy, the Lab of the Blanket. Thank uh, you very The Great Pumpkin. <laughs> Thank you for you for, for continuing, to, continuing to support what we do here at Cultaholic. It's, oh, it's another year where we... Oh, Wooly! Fat Bob. The brooms. Fucking hell. Yeah. Andy Cap. <laughs> Thank Andy Cap. Are we, are, we, are we thanking everybody in Christian University 197? Is that what we're doing? Oh, God. No, not Jimmy Hill. No, no. We will be back in 2023 for a brand spanking new Coldholic Classic Smackdown review season. And until we are back together again, thank you for supporting what we do. We genuinely wouldn't do it without you. He is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we're at on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Happy Christmas, you fucking twat. Love you. Bye. Santa Claus can't even fucking arm track. <laughs>